What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Minoxide, and tonight I'm joined by Dogbot. What's up, man? Not much. I've been uh, trying to train my chupacabras on how to shoot rockets. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Also, joining us this evening, uh, wait a minute. Hang on. We'll get back to you in a second there, DV. Reinhardt. What's up, man? Reinhardt. Oh, no. Not much. Oh, Sorry, please. I've got a. I just got back in the saddle on my horse and buggy, and uh, one of the horses was being weird, so I had to give him a little kick. Ah, uh, yeah, that'll I'll happen. With, that'll happen. What are you? You building an asylum? What you? What you doing with horse and buggy? No, I'm actually. I'm building a uh, shoe and leather pavilion. Nice, nice. Yeah. Is it in any particular style or idiom? Is that what they call those places nowadays? Fine arch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god nice nice oh i might have to rename my channel now yeah reinhardt's shoe and leather pavilion Jeez. come on into my shoe and leather pavilion <laughs> that is what the kids are calling it nowadays i guess huh but don't don't worry about it it's in it's in an architectural style that's very esoteric um and it's incredibly ancient, but don't worry about it. I'm just doing a recreation. I just really like old things. Mm. And and they don't just sell shoe and leather there. Weren't you telling me that they also sell vintage 2006 uh, skin-tight purple leather jeans? I mean, I never said anything about skin-tight or leather, but okay. <laughs> I, I think he said skinny purple jeans, but, you know. Oh, skinny purple jeans. That's right. Very My Chemical Romance of you, Reinhardt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, what can I say? Still one of my favorite bands. Still gay. All right. Um. <laughs> still better than Tool. It's still yes. better than no, Alt whoa, Skull. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Alt, Alt, Alt Skull was simping for Rage Against the Machine in the that chat. That is true. The yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, I've seen... I've seen Rage Against the Machine at probably like the best concert they ever did. It was with Wu Tang. That was really cool. Other than that, they suck. But um, I don't know. I've always like never not turned them. I've never turned them off when they come on during like workout music or something. But I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on Rage other than the hate all of the members of the band. And the music, I don't I, really have an opinion on. I hate the music. Okay, I hate fair the enough. Music and people. I hated them ever since I opened up uh, their first album's liner notes, and they did some kind of little brag thing. It, you know, they like made some statement that all the sounds were made were not made using samplers or keyboards or something or turntables. Oh boy! You know, yeah, yeah. That, like, I can yeah, see like why they, you wouldn't yeah, like they, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, you guys are so cool. You guys like, you know, analog. Your yeah. pick, you scraped your pick across the guitar strings. Oh wow. <laughs> hey man, sweeping is a masterful technique. You know, it, he's not talking about sweeping and. I get what you're saying, but let's 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 not let's not do that because I also you know play guitar and stuff. So no music snobbery. Yeah, but you can actually play guitar. I mean, Tom Morello can play a couple of. I mean, he can play a couple of riffs. You know, a few, three. Don't we have a music isn't, episode coming? This isn't a few soon, three. Actually? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Don't don't simp for Rage Against the Machine. They suck. All right. Um. But Tool does not shut up, Reinhardt. Anyways, uh, where are we? Do we have any? Oh, yeah. You know what we do have? We don't have any emails, and we did not get any donations this week. Um, 
you guys can still donate Bitcoin to us. It's it's still there. I mean, Bitcoin didn't completely collapse. You know, thanks, Elon. Nice try, though. Uh, but uh, we did not get any of that. But what we do have, we do have for you out there, fam, is we have a new T-shirt. We have a new design out there on the dissidentapparel.com website. Check it out. It's the Clown Honkler Paranormies logo. It's hilarious. Classic. That was, wasn't that a last season's uh, image too? Yes. Last yeah. season's image. Yes, that was that one. Uh, I want to do, well, we already did the Flat Earth for Dummies. Now we have the Honkler. Coming soon will be the probably the Paranormies tinfoil. Shirt that we've been teasing that one for. Did you get my? Did you get my drawing in the mail? I did not. I have not got. You know what? Um, I have not gone to the mailbox since the Tuesday show. So I will go tomorrow and check that out. So it may be there. So hopefully it is there. So we'll have that. I will have to get that into a PNG and get that over to our T-shirt guy. So we will have another a Dogbot exclusive T-shirt. But yeah, check out the new T-shirt over at uh, Dissident Apparel. It's a pretty pretty cool shirt. I got one coming. You guys do too. So, oh, thank you. Of course, wait, that was you. actually a genuine Sorry. surprise. I was going to buy it myself. I don't. I haven't gotten the hat yet. The hats. Oh. I haven't sent the hats yet. That's why. So, I have to send them. Got some good ideas from here for all the other types of paranormies merch too. Yes, but I'm excited for Dogbout's art. That is just awesome. Yeah, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, it's got like a lot of elements of paranormies. There, you got the alien thing. You got the eye. My only regret is that I haven't put a horse. I didn't put a horse and buggy in it. <laughs> well, now you kind of. Now it kind of feels to, like you have I, to. I have to do. I have to do a horse and buggy themed uh, paranormies design soon. Yeah, dog. But what definitely. you need to do is is do a um like a futuristic, like a post futuristic world where everybody's in a horse and buggy. Horse and, with the horse and buggy in perspective, you know those very uh, melancholy drawings and paintings people do nowadays where it's like a singular person on a huge landscape mm-hmm. need to do that yeah do well, that with like I, the if i'm gonna do if i'm gonna do anything like that i'm gonna do the sad koala that's in the burnt up uh australian forest looking Oosh. for his friends all right i mean i don't know i i like the charlie brown and like the desolate landscape one with the dog you know where he's got that <laughs> he's got like the browning over his back but uh something like that but yeah, with a horse and buggy, with like the wreckage of Vegas in the background or something, or like you know with the Statue of Liberty. Think ice, about how ISIS gay Columbia. it's going to be for the uh, the people who fill up the spaces after the next reset, and all we have is like KFCs and well, fucking Walmart. The people who fill up <laughs> the people, they're not going to be no. Well, uh, you know, based mom had an idea about that. Um, I don't know if you saw it in the three minute chat the other day. Uh, she thinks that there's a possibility that the kids in cages might be the new orphan trains. Oh, well, that's interesting. I'm just trying to think of how they would repurpose a KFC. Yeah, like would they turn it into like a church? Shoe and leather. You never, you never know. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, like a ham and cheese pavilion or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a croissant. It's a croissant and bagel pavilion. Everything's a pavilion. Uh, speaking of pavilions and horse and buggy people, um, did you guys did you guys get the feeling that the the guy who wrote that article that we talked about sort of talked about because we never finished because there's so much to that article, the Bloomberg Bloomberg article on Tuesday Wednesday's show. Uh, did you guys get the feeling that they may have listened to us 
talking about horse and buggy people? I would like to believe that they have, but I have a feeling that they may have gotten that from some of the videos. Yeah, they they got from John Levi. They did. He has 100,000 followers. They've gotten it from videos and from probably infiltrating actual telegram chats or mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. or forums like stolen history looking at at some of their posts i would say stolen history is probably one of the biggest sources they looked at yeah um, well what you can look for good research there are some weird weird folks what you can look for on on stolen history because it's been slowly disappearing quite a bit john levi brought that up a while back that uh you know when you go to look at stuff on stolen history a lot of it's gone yeah well, it's yeah, getting stolen Yes, there you go. Yeah. I've got several links open uh, from Stolen History for tonight's show, and actually, um, every one of them is Stolen History archived. So they're archiving everything as they go. Well, they uh, so. they started doing that once they realized they were getting stuff just yanked. Uh, I don't know if it was like copyright strikes with pictures. I don't know how that works, but something happened. I mean, there's entire threads of uh, the quote Tartarian stuff where all the images are disappeared. Yeah, yeah. But, I went back to the original article that actually got me on the show for the very first time, and a lot of those pictures are gone. Yes, I remember that article, Phantom Time. Yes. Oh man! But yes. speaking of that, speaking of that article, so that that thing that thing talks a lot about the Tartarian architecture. Um, and once again, we are here at the Paranormies claiming horse and buggy people as our phrase. That is that is ours. Um, you know, you can say, you know, blah, 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 people with, that had horse and buggy, that had horses and buggies. No, no, no. It, the phrase is horse and buggy people. And that phrase was used. So anyway, that's where I, that was the one little thing that I was like, mm, maybe they did get it from the Telegram channels, though. But we're horse and buggy people. <laughs> Horse and buggy people hauling bricks. No, um, I don't know. And columns. Shiny, happy people. We change that to horse and buggy people. Yeah. I, no, I got the REM reference. I know you did. Was, I know you yeah. did. But like, just me and you there for a second. I'm, I'm not a Michael Stipe fan, so. Is he dead yet? I, I don't think so. Didn't he Has have like, didn't he have like out? ultra full blown like mega AIDS or something? Back in like 1994. Like I just thought he was just ravaged by his own substance abuse. I thought it was a combination of substance abuse and penis. But well, I, I was going to say ass is probably a substance abuse. At <laughs> right. That point. I mean, right. The Giardia and pinworms got him. All right. Woof. <laughs> he, he went. He went to one too many shoe and leather pavilions. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he went on a shoe and leather pavilion tour across the country. I was one second away from telling Jack to write that down. Jack's not with us this evening. Jack has a mandate or something. I don't know. He's hanging out with one of his. He's he's, he's cracking open a cold one with the boys <laughs> at the shoe and leather pavilion. Shoe- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the episode is Friday night at the shoe and leather pavilion, right? Right. I, I like this. Yep, right, I'm putting right. it in the Skype so we can keep it. All right, cool. Yeah, that way I don't forget because I'll forget. All right, speaking of the shoe and leather pavilion, <laughs> again, we're uh we're talking about we actually have content. And I'm not gonna let this go thirty-eight minutes, okay? Whoever it was that was complaining. Um but that one time. 
I'm never going to let that go, dude. No. I know. And literally everyone else who heard it was like, can you do more? Yeah, they're like, no, oh, you guys don't shit. You guys don't shit post so enough. It's unbelievable, though. It's like, it's like this one guy's like, gosh, I really like all the serious stuff you guys talk about. But like, can you cut the shit posting down a little bit, man? Come on. Especially on the very dedicated episodes that have like, you know, very specific topics. I would like you to get into it very much right away, please. Thank you. Yeah, guys, if you want to get into the actual content of the show, just skip past the shit posting of 38 minutes. <laughs> That's exactly Dog- what he said, too. <laughs> Dogbot, do you claim to have content this evening? Or do we just, is it no, this is shit posting? This is it's one of those evenings. It's actually safe for me to just never claim I have it. Mm. So if I actually do, then it's a bonus and people are happy. There you go. That's how that works. Yep. Yep. That's that's a good way to go. All right, but getting into the content. So the article talks about Tartarian architecture. And what they... I didn't see a lot of it. Let me go through the article again real quick. I didn't see... A lot of talk about what we're going to talk about this evening. Um, a lot of it, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy buildings that we can't believe. It didn't mention anything, really, did they? Did they mention it? Did they? No, they do it? have the. Oh, there it is. They do show. Picture, the, the yeah, they have the one, picture. The white city. They have the picture, and... but they don't talk about the world's fairs that much. It's kind of a side note thing. Mm-hmm. They focus on a lot of other. Uh, buildings they do talk about chicago and everything but then they've got just other random ones that you know we've not even looked at really um right and they basically did a uh shotgun scattering of all of these uh these because these are all different topics within the quote tartarian um umbrella you know oh and uh, and apparently they're explaining this by uh by through using covid19 uh pandemic isolation Hold on. Wait a minute. Where, 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 what part of the article said that? Yeah, apparently I missed this uh, paragraph on Tuesday's show. Same. Like, where is you this? scroll about to the middle of the page, holding back a flood of conspiracies. Okay, it says, hold on. Hold on. In search of a fabric. Um, belief in conspiracy theories can also be driven by loneliness, isolation, and economic hardship, which made a pandemic a fertile petri dish and helped QAnon's believers storm the Capitol by force and through the ballot box. The social atomization forced on us by COVID-19 is a hyperbolic retelling of the Tower of Babel, which has a special place in Tartarian lore and its attendant anxiety at fracturing and divided cultures. A great reset that erased that tower and the fabulous fictional empire that built it continues to reverberate, splintering us into ever stranger factions. Fictional empire. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a second. What? Babylon's fictional now? Right, <laughs> right. The Babylon, yes. Do, do the- you know how, okay, so if Babylon's fictional, then they're just pretty much just, you know. Hand-waving all of history. Jamaica. Hold on, I'm sorry, what? They're just capsizing <laughs> Jamaica. I got that. <laughs> well, they, I, I mean, they're, you know, I, you know, they're worried about Babylon. Uh, anyway. I, 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 okay, I, I'm so confused. Like, so a Bob Marley they, reference? They feel like they feel, no, it's just, just Rastafarian reference. Uh, oh, it's, okay, okay. So QAnon it comes from politically. Di- okay, Reinhardt, what was the what did they call them? Politically disenfranchised or yes. economically? Disenfranchised? Well, they no, what, they uh, call them specifically economic hardship. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing about a lot of the QAnon uh, slash. MAGA patriotard types, they're not alone at all. 
Like they're like they just they, like they're in they're in like church groups and all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. They're alienating themselves with uh, with some of their positions, but like th- these aren't like these aren't necessarily economically disenfranchised people. These are like a lot of these people are just like they've been um, psyoped into being super sick of what goes on in Washington D.C. to the point that they're willing to believe some fantastic stuff about how people who do fucked up shit in D.C. are actually getting their comeuppance when they're alive. Right. 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 So that's basically... And, some, and somehow social atomization from the COVID-19, you know, scandemic uh, well, is... is uh, apparently it's pushed them to new heights? No, what they're saying is <laughs> that the social atomization gave them the opportunity to um, fall down many rabbit holes. As I've, I've said, like, you know, when, I, when I've gone to the dentist or whatever and somebody mentions the way that the world is going, you know how hard it is to, like, bite your tongue and not, like, spout out all of the things. Uh, but, you know, I always say, yeah, you know, I've been laid off a lot in the past year, so I've gotten to look at a lot of the internet. You know, and that's that's the case with this, I think, is what they're they're implying is that a lot of people because of covid have been able to just sit home and watch, you know, um, New World Order documentaries and stuff about, the, you know, the QAnon videos. And that's how everybody got. I actually think they did use the covid-19 isolation to to do some gay opping of these boomers. I mean, there's really not much other explanation for it, is there? No, I, I go ahead. Because the QAnon thing took on a whole new life once everybody was home with COVID. Okay, so basically, people had nothing to do, right? But to go, to, but like, like they were they were deprived of those. Okay, maybe not depri- maybe deprived is not the right word, but uh, <laughs> they they were not going to their eight hour a week wage cut job where right. they may get in trouble for getting online. They were sitting at home, uh, either working from home or just they, they couldn't work anymore, and they were on the computer all the time. And the the more and more stuff that they, the, you know, here's the thing with a lot of people, a lot of people who still critically think, right? The whole idea of the lockdown thing just really stunk to a lot of people, but they didn't know why it stunk. So some people started researching and they started going down those white rabbit holes. Right. Uh, and those white rabbit holes were set up for them to go down, to draw them out, mm-hmm. to, uh, to, 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 you know, to atomize them, basically. Well, and I, I don't think that the Tartarian rabbit hole is necessarily one that they wanted <sighs> I don't know. It, it may have worked out in a different way than they expected, because I still think that that things can. Yes, everything is planned, but things still can take unprecedented routes. And I think this one did, because this rabbit hole, this conspiracy theory, whatever you want to call it, actually has evidence. It actually has quantifiable evidence, especially with what we're talking about tonight. Um, you know, we're only talking about a hundred years ago. Uh, where we have written records and things of populations, of travel records, all that kind of stuff. And we have pictures, construction pictures, finished pictures. Uh, This is not some conspiracy theory on, 
you know, tribunals happening in Washington, D.C., or 187,000 sealed indictments right. um, that you can't see. This is something that you can you can hold in your mind or hold in your hand, basically, and actually see evidence well, for. Yeah. I don't know about holding so it in your hand. So they have to take it, but... and they have to apply it to something like QAnon. They have to do everything that they can to put it in that schizo farm. Yeah, well, well because because when, once you start investigating these things and you investigate them properly and you use things like your discernment and inner knowing, um, you know, and trust your the thing inside of you called your gut, uh, and you realize, you know, once what, what you're looking at is fake, you know, the, the narrative they've given you is fake and also gay, uh, and it's not true. And then the more you look at it, the more you look into this stuff, the more it becomes apparent that it is all complete lies. And then you really look at things like the world's fairs and what they really were and what they really accomplished or what did they accomplish? Like nobody really knows what they accomplished, right? They're just like, well, the world's fairs are these cool things where they had like, you know, technology. And uh, that's well, that's what we know now is that they do technology, right? Uh, they did, you know, like now they're all, uh, cause they still do them. They just did one a couple of years ago in Toronto or something. I think there was, there was one, they, they've been doing them since what? 18. I mean, if you count the ones in Europe, the 1850s, supposedly something like that. I don't remember what. Yeah. They I, I think the, I think the one in Philadelphia was 1875, right? Well, the very well, first one across the world, uh, as, like an industrial exposition mm-hmm. was in the 1790s. It was actually in, uh, um, all oh, right. Yeah. That's God. It was still, it was still in the Holy Roman empire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Weird. Yes. Yes. Um, no, but I, the, the ones that were considered like, well, the case, the 1876 international exposition in Philadelphia wasn't really considered a world's fair. Um, but it, it did, you know, it did do a lot. But like the Chicago, go ahead, DB. What are you gonna, you wanna say? I that? just want to make one final point about the QAnon tied to this Tartary stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they need people to think that this is as crazy as the QAnon stuff. And here's the thing: we know a lot about the QAnon stuff mm-hmm. because this this is sort of like our sort of like our bread and butter. But ninety nine point nine percent of normies out there only know what they've heard about it from uh mainstream news sources which is almost nothing right yeah that like they just know that like crazy white people that they consider rednecks and the great unwashed are into this shit right let me tell you a little bit about even like some blue collar people uh the guys that i worked with you know some of some of the uh the construction types aren't very the most savory of characters all the time. But uh, you mentioned QAnon around some of these guys and they're like, Oh my, and they roll their eyes. They're like, Jesus Christ, those fucking people. Like, yeah. So, the, so the normiest is- of normies has a bad taste in his mouth when it comes to the words QAnon. So what the mainstream media is going to do with the Tartary and mud flood stuff. I, I foresee within the, you know, within the next six months, starting with this, pretty long fucking bloomberg article this is not just like this isn't just some clickbait no like like three swipes and you're done reading and you know three swipes and and closing out two pop-ups 
you know, like th- this is this is a really long article, and I have a feeling that they're going to do their best to try to tie this Tartary mud flood stuff to QAnon, mm-hmm. because what this what this particular conspiracy theory does is it makes you question history, right? And and they don't want you questioning history. They want you to. They want they're they're going to want to treat history the same way that they do science. And that is like a religion. Well, maybe the treatment. I, I have a I, l- listen, because if you start questioning history, then you're going to have to start questioning that most important uh, oh, well, yeah. of yeah. the 20th century. Right. Well, the, the well, thing is, is this stuff all takes place before all of that. So it's even further back in history. For- well, what I was getting at earlier is that's why they they didn't expect or didn't want people going down this rabbit hole. Right. So now that right. so many people have, now they have to try and do damage control. What's the easiest way to do that? Buzzwords and especially dehumanizing buzzwords like QAnon. Like you said, Johnny, people don't know. I've got people, uh, I just, I had like four or five people, I think in my channel alone that were messaging, asking what actually is QAnon. Yeah. There, Can there somebody are still- give me a rundown? For the and unless you you know you've been on that side of Facebook, I mean, there's a whole lot of right wing normies, you know, that have never heard of QAnon, and they think that QAnon is retarded. But what they have heard about it, they've only heard about it on the news. You know, even Fox News was like anti QAnon with the whole um, insurrection January sixth. Um, that's really all that a lot of people. All a lot of normies know about QAnon is that it, it had something to do with the insurrection on January 6th. And Donald Trump is, you know, th- that's for the people that that aren't into QAnon. You know what I mean? But, but they, they also uh, they also only know about it from that one presidential debate where they asked Donald Trump to disavow QAnon oh, right, because right. they believe uh, that <clears throat> satanic pedophiles are running the country and that he's going to stop them. And uh, he made some flippant comment like. Would that be such a bad thing if I stopped satanic pedophiles? Or yeah, it was a really like that, great you know? it was a really great answer because that evil uh, creature, that reptilian thing there with the fangs. What was her name? That was. Uh, That's like all of them. No, it, but <laughs> yeah, the, do you have any <laughs> idea how little that arrows? No, it was the, it was a really bad it was a really bad chick. They made the memes about her with like fangs and red eyes and stuff. I can't remember her name. Sam Guthrie. Was it Samantha Guthrie? That's right. Yeah, she's horrible. Oh, yeah, terrible, awful. Yeah, but um, no, that's that. That's yes, that's where people know QAnon from, and they don't have, like I said, a good taste in their mouth over it. So this Bloomberg article, like like you said, DB, it's not you know three swipes and a couple of pop ups. It's a legitimate Bloomberg article. This is no joke. Uh, when you make Bloomberg, and it is not, you know some uh april fool's day thing this is well this is bloomberg city lab i don't know what part of bloomberg that is i don't subscribe but that's you know that, that tells you something you've made it if you've made it to bloomberg i guess this conspiracy theory it makes me believe it even more when they, when they do a hit piece like this i'm like oh well that you know that just kind of pushes me towards believing it even more so where does Bloomberg rank as far as like sophisticated erudite urbanite uh like news literature? Is it like mm. between the New Yorker and the New York Times? It's is, well, it's it's, it's like, the New York like Times Wall Street Journal. Yes, like is, yeah, it's like yeah. the if okay, the Wall so. Street Journal and New York Times has a, had a kid, it would be Bloomberg. 
Okay, so that's where that's where it lies, like yeah. in the in the like realm of of uh, both. Still has that. Um, I don't want to say uh, what was it that authority kind of. Uh-huh. Uh, they uh-huh. have clap. Clap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't like that word. That word. Yeah. That word. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I might actually edit that out. No. Um. <laughs> the thing we don't care about. But yeah, because yeah, it's un- we have unlimited, but. The point is, is that Bloomberg spent a lot of time on this. I mean, and, and they they do a lot of. Um, I like the uh, rabbit in the headlights. People read this, you know. There's so much information that they dump on you. You know, they're like, oh, this and 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 this, and they don't believe this, and they also don't believe that, and also QAnon, and don't forget this in Shanghai and the domes and the star forts and the civil war and the, the, all kinds of other conspiracies, and you know, and it's like, whoa, whoa, you know. I, I think a normie reading this is going to be like, yeah, these people are schizo. Those buildings are beautiful, and our bootstrappy horse and buggy. Americana people built them. Okay. Well, and of course we have people in our own circles that look at us and call us schizos and we'll say, you know, you're taking away from white achievement. We've talked about that. I don't know how many friggin' times. Sure. No, and that's the thing is we've um, never said that these weren't built by white people. We're just saying no. that they're not built by the horse and buggy motherfuckers. We're saying that white people actually achieved incredible things way before the Jews tell you they did. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's the thing. Again, you the combination of the fact that you can look at some of these buildings and that we're going to talk about in a little bit and that you can see signs of a ton of aging, like hundreds of years worth of aging. There's no way that uh like uh say in Buffalo. There's that one uh, the one uh the dome in Buffalo, right? It's got mold and moss in cracks and places that would take hundreds of years to get to so you know once you start Uh, questioning what one picture i had posted in our skype chat tonight uh is actually from france it's the uh the palais du trocadero uh which was part of the what 1880 1870 something 1878 maybe exposition exposition in paris um this building and there's actually a good stolen history uh post on this Uh uh-huh to find again uh the outside of it is absolutely insane it's the first picture mm-hmm. i posted right after you posted a couple uh johnny today um you can see the outside it's ridiculous yeah the inside however there's an entire thing going through the pictures and drawings of the inside and it looks ancient it doesn't look like it's been weathered from months of people walking through. well it looks wh- like when was that supposed to, when was that supposed centuries. to have been built when was it supposed to have been uh, built that, that same year, like 1877, okay. 1878. Okay, yeah. So the Palace de Tocadero was supposedly built for the the, the Paris World's Fair, right? Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, okay, so let's just get into it. We're going to talk about the World's Fairs. And the World's Fairs is what sends a lot of people down the Tartarian rabbit hole. Um, or the Tartarian rabbit hole sends you down the World's Fair rabbit hole. There's a lot of... Intersection, intersectionality. Ooh, I used that on our podcast. A lot of intersectionality. I know. I was waiting for that. God, but God, between intersectionality and clout, we're just really using all the buzzwords. Right, right. We're trying to get. Hey, we're creating more. Listen, we're going to be able to put Tartaria in the description of the name to get clicks. 
Yes. Just like we are going to be in the New York Times at some point. Right. At some point we will be. But anyways, all right. So we're talking about the World's Fair. Anything good? (laughs) No. (laughs) Why would it be? I I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way either. So the thing about the World's Fairs. Okay, we're going to, like, what are, do you guys want to just do, like, what are the World's Fairs? What were their, what was their purpose? Like, why do they do them? And what was the whole, you know, what, what is the, uh, the, official the official, yeah, what's the official narrative of the World's Fairs? I mean, the, the official narrative of World's Fairs, or as they used to be called, industrial expositions or world expositions, right. was to, for different countries, um, to show off the incredible advances in technology that their people in their countries, their centers of culture and, and industry at the time, because we're, we're having them from 1790 Mm -hmm. all the way up, you know, early 1900s is supposedly an explosion of industry. Uh, the industrial revolution in Europe happened supposedly again, uh, in like the 1850s, 1860s. Um, so all of these are showcasing the newest technology. Um, in the case of the mid 1800s, we've got uh, certain things like uh, primitive engines, uh, primitive electric lights. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's not so primitive either. Not so primitive, though. No, like, no, no, no. But that's the, that's the official narrative. Oh, right, right, right. I'm that's sorry. just what I'm going for. Is just what they okay, tell okay, us. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Is so what these are for. Yeah, and the very first, the very first one is the international exhibitions um, from in France, 1844. The, there was the Crystal Palace in Hyde Park in London in 1851. Uh, there was one in uh, where's the next one? Oh, there was wasn't there like three major Crystal Palaces, and all they're giant greenhouses. Basically, what these Crystal Palaces are these well, huge glass they're buildings. Abs- they're absolutely massive. I mean, some of these held tens of thousands, over a hundred thousand right, people. Right, right, and they all they all burned down. Weird. They all burned down and they all took just a few months to build, which, I mean, you know, 18, 20 months, sure. That's Mm. how long, 18 months, I think, is how long it took to build uh, 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 the Magic Kingdom, Mm -hmm. Walt Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with with modern, almost modern technology. But uh, back real quick. 9,000 workers. How many? 9,000. That's it? Right. I mean. In $400 million. Right. Well, the Chicago's World, Chicago World's Fair was supposed to be 20,000 workers. And it took 21, 22 months. Uh, what the I believe the world's the the world's fair for Chicago. It was just over two years, so twenty five or twenty six months. It was. Um, hold on, I had, uh, I had, I had that in the book open. But it, it, real quick, let's go back to um, the London Crystal Palace. So there's kind of almost like you have like the first iteration of these world's fairs with the crystal palaces then you have the second iteration of the world's fairs with the industrialization era the 1851 through like 1938 ish and you had world war one that happened and after world war one you had basically uh the cultural exchange happened and you now have the technological utopianism of the modern world's fairs. So the, the 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 actual world's fairs or whatever, the industrial expos in the middle that, you know, had all the uh, industrialization stuff, you know, the, the cool, the, the new cool inventions and all the stuff that they that was, uh, you know, going to be um, uh, 
It wasn't even like futuristic inventions. It was like stuff that they were going to be using now, you know, stuff that they'd be using at the time. You know, we're going from using a hand thresher to this, you know, mechanical thresher that that can thresh uh, four acres at once or whatever. There's like, dude, the the architectural and architectural, I'm sorry, agricultural stuff, the uh, the agricultural um, advancements that they supposedly had at this at these uh, these expos was ridiculous right but then after world war one comes along and everything is uh spaceships and rockets and and um you know building the world of tomorrow right so we killed off an entire generation of men and women uh so now we're going to focus on getting to space well two generations once you get to world war ii but yeah yeah and then talking about and then jewish population right and then but that okay so that took place all the way the technical technological excuse me utopianism was through like 1987 and from 1988 to the present you have the uh the nation branding so uh and i had it open to nation but yes uh each the expo served as a vehicle for quote nation branding it's kind of a um the expos became the pavilions became kind of an advertising campaign so there you go. Uh, they used the Expo 92 and the Barcelona Summer Olympics to kind of pair them together. So it was kind of more of an advertising kind of a thing, I guess. Yeah. I guess and, they're tired of losing money. Oh, what's that? I guess they're tired of losing money because pretty much every one of the original World Fairs lost a shitload of money. Yeah. Which that is... Was, uh, it- Go ahead. That was that was the primary feature of a lot of these. Was uh, it, the official narrative says these major financiers put all this money into building these things. They lost a ton of money, and then nah, they just destroyed them. Just destroy them. Burn Why them not? Down. Oh, yeah. it wasn't even yeah. Destroy you know, them is like yeah. The, well, the Chicago the Chicago one got burned down. Well, we'll get into all it. We're we're like skipping around and skipping around. All right, let's um, do. What are, what, which one, way are we going? Well, one thing I do want to say about the because we're talking about the progression from the original to to the latest World's Fairs, mm-hmm. um, it does follow the plan, so to speak, for the the progression or regression, really, of society. <laughs> um, yeah, the first World's Fairs really focused on like national culture and everything, and focused definitely on. Uh, present day achievements and past historical achievements, or rather achievements in history that they would want you to believe. Right. That's they had. It was so a narrative building. Expositions or parts parts of these expos that had ancient sections and history sections that mm-hmm. gave off whatever image of history or the latest, because archaeology was booming in the 17, 1800s. It was a new science. It was absolutely booming that, well, that they want us to know. Um, yeah. Why do we think that? Because, well, we were finding things that we weren't supposed to find. Well, now they're providing us the narrative. Right. The narrative to go along with the things that they weren't supposed to find. Um, like uh, you were talking, or DB, you posted a thread that was about the Crystal Palace in, uh, in London, right? And it had... And it had, one of the exhibitions was this ancient Assyrian, um, ancient Assyrian city of Nineveh, which, according to this thread, people mocked it and laughed at it because it was not accurate. But you know, of course, that doesn't matter because it burned down when the entire 
Crystal Palace burned down. But there you go. You have these two um these two architects who built this supposedly phony Assyrian uh court. You know, it was extravagant and colorful and was designed to convey to the spectator as an exact idea as possible of Assyrian architecture. Well, I guess it turned out, you know, nobody really knew what Assyrian palaces looked like. Yeah, apparently not. Uh, yeah, it was it was architect uh, James Ferguson and an adventurer, kind of an aristocratic, uh, almost like almost like a rich Indiana Jones type adventurer, right. Austin Liard. There's a lot of those um, in these stories. Yeah, yeah. And apparently he had ex- he had taken part in the excavations at Nimrud and Nineveh, two of the oldest cities in in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nineveh was was a city of Nimrod. Well, so it was Nimrud. I mean, Nimrod, Nimrud. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the court that they that they put there apparently was just not accurate. Uh, and we see construction photos of it as well. So I think we can safely call it not uh, not a building that was we, standing for hundreds or. Oh, we can call what? We, hold on, we can call what a building then? Oh, uh, it, in this thread, we can see construction photos of of the Crystal Palace. Oh, the Assyrian, yeah. No, the Assyrian yeah, so Expo. I think we can safely say that this is not real. Like, like well, this was. This is not some Tartarian lost building. The Crystal Palace most definitely is. No, I'm. I'm just talking about the uh, the Assyrian part of it. I mean, okay. I mean, sure. They're very similar to all of the other construction photos that are just like some scaffolding placed around a finished building. Uh, but you can see it unfinished. You can see, I mean, where God, even which like I'm looking at, let's see. Okay. So if we go to the thread here, mm-hmm. we'll link the thread in the comments in the, uh, yeah, we'll in, link in it. Um, but no, just this, this exhibition itself is of Assyrian culture, everything we can, I think we can safely say that this was not, uh, actual, an actual Assyrian building. I don't here. think that we can safely say anything when it comes to all this stuff. Uh, using I, terms I think say- there were buildings of this style of, of Assyrian origin, which mm-hmm. Assyrian being mm-hmm. uh, Indo-European, very early on descendant of Noah. Mm-hmm. I think they were here, but I think this is a phony attempt at, you know, just providing people a historical narrative. Or quote historical sure. narrative. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're doing that. But like, look at because it's not always going to be successful, right? But we're also, you know, look at the sculptures, look at the, look at the pictures, look at the construction photos and stuff. You know, again, they don't really seem to line up with uh, the like the architectural um, style or like how they would be building this stuff in that time, you know, like, okay. So this was built in the crystal palace was 18, 1854. So in 1854, these architects doesn't never mentions who actually built these things, who the sculptors were, who these master sculptors that like sculpt, look at the one with like the two Sphinx heads that, right. And all of this, all of this, um, all of this fauna, flora and fauna, flora and fauna, all of these plants, you know, all of this, 
all all these plants are very mature looking. That's what I'm the words I'm looking for. This garden in the in this black and white photo here. These these gardens are very mature looking for to have been built in however short of a period of time. You know, you're not going to get it's not like now when they do set dressings, you know, for like movies and whatever where they can just make something look maybe they did. Maybe they did just for this picture, you know? Um, you think they had plastic? I mean... No, they didn't have plastic plants and stuff like that. So this is all... That's what I'm saying. This is all real... I was being sarcastic. This was all real gardens. Like, look at this. These things, these planters that, like, in this in the black and white photo that are huge. These planters are huge, like 30, 40 feet across. And they have trees and stuff in them that are obviously mature. Uh, these things like it's like in the Chicago World's Fair where you see um the Asian exhibits, the Japanese exhibit, where it is basically a little Japanese village and or not a village, but like um like where a family would live, where there's like you know like a couple of the paper houses and all the you know the the big the big gardens and all this stuff. But the thing is, is all those gardens look like they have been there for three hundred years. Like all of the landscaping is extremely mature. So, so either the so, narrative isn't real or uh, these people had movie magic right. capabilities far beyond what we have or far beyond what we believe that they had right. over 150, 200 years ago. Right. And that's the thing with these these buildings, these structures, these uh, the crystal palaces, the tech, you know, the expos, the the world's fairs. There's like two theories about how everything was built, right? Number one is, well, I mean, there's probably a hundred theories. You can throw aliens and all kinds of weird shit in there, but like we're talking about theories that might make sense. So theory number one is uh, they were built in the time that they said they were built. You know, year and a half, two years, whatever the standard narrative is for these these things, uh, but. They were built with tech that they were not supposed to have that wasn't supposed to exist at the time, right? And somehow this tech, this technology, much like uh, the concrete of Rome and, you know, the, uh, the ability to build the aqueducts of Rome uh, was lost to time. But, you know, there's that. There's that. You know, they could have had tech that we don't know about or they just hid from us, right? They just hid it from us and they called it Tesla tech, right? Which, right. which calls call, into... That's, that's one big uh, thing that uh mr adam mikowski who you know we've been going through his book and mm -hmm. listening to a lot of stuff from him as well along with john levine of course the normal sources um antiquitech is a big term that we use uh almost everywhere and i don't think people quite understand what that means i mean do you do you want to talk about that or, or leave that for later well yeah well let me finish let me finish the theories before we get off on a rabbit trail um so Theory number one is they were built exactly like they said, exactly how they said they were. Um, they were, you know, these temporary buildings. That's that's the thing that really bothers me about all this stuff is all this stuff was temporary. And we'll get into that later. But, um, okay, so they had tech that they don't tell us about or they weren't supposed to have, blah, blah, blah. That is a narrative crisis in and of itself. Number two, the buildings were already there. Most of them. And they... Much like the Spanish uh, myths of the lost American cities of South America, uh, these may be the lost lost cities of North America that you know these explorers, you know, supposedly discovered. Maybe that's you know that's the, that's what these are. These are most likely the lost cities of North America of whatever empire they was there in the past or whatever. And the buildings already being there, uh, some of. 
some of the things that kind of you know have have me leaning most definitely towards that, as I mentioned earlier, is the weathering on the buildings. Right. Some of the weathering on right. some of these buildings. Now, a lot of them don't don't have the weathering because they, you know, they, they, of course, they invented spray painting machines at the World's Fair so that they could spray paint the buildings. How convenient. Um, but like I said, like the, the dome in Buffalo, the mold and the moss that there's no way it was there. You know, they, there's no way they just threw it up there as like a Disney set dressing uh, movie well, movie they theater imported it from the moors in, in England right of course. Exa- exactly exactly they imported it from yes yes this is actual like that was where the rest of the the trees from Ireland went you know what I mean they- and then that, uh, that is one thing too before I mean I don't want to get down this rabbit trail right now but that's one thing to keep in mind too is the um the logistics and the finances involved in all this oh we're getting to that for sure sense for sure for that narrative yeah so the the aging and the weathering on the buildings doesn't make any sense. There's a picture that I'm going to post in. Uh, it'll be on the website for sure. It'll be in the mega. But uh, the 1920. It's a photo. It's a like a picture out of. I took a picture out of the book. Speaking of books, um, I got did you put it in the Skype. I did put it in the Skype. It's the one that doesn't have a label. It's the last picture I posted. Uh, it says uh, Palace of Fine Arts in 1924. Now you look at that oh, picture. Yes. Look at that. Yes. Yes. It was it was supposedly built in 1921. And the Palace of Fine Arts was built. No. The Palace of Fine Arts was built, I'm sorry, in 1890, 1891 for I, Yeah, I don't the, believe it. For the World's Fair. Right. It was built for the World's Fair. And then in 1821, it looks like this. Look at that picture. So 33 years, it just sat empty. They built it and nothing was done with it. Right. Right. No. Well, no. No, right. Well, then no. it was cleaned up. It was like cleaned up, and I think they converted it into the um, the what's the uh, ah shoot, what's it called? The no, not the Manufacturers and Liberal Arts, but the Field Museum. They converted it into the Field Museum. No, they did not. That was something else. The Chicago Field Museum, which is another one, it was like built out in the middle of a field, literally in a field. Uh, hence the name, I guess. But there was literally no way to get to it other than on foot. So how do they build it without the, any, you know, the weathering yeah. on this reminds me of the pictures um, that I used to see of the old Parthenon in Nashville. Mm. Uh, they had their own exposition in 1897. It was to, to uh, celebrate their centenary as a state. Supposedly. And that Parthenon was built in a couple of months, was only supposed to last apparently eight, 10 months. Um, ended just, up lasting somehow until, 1990s right when they decided oh this thing is falling apart let's go ahead and do a renovation project on it i mean this thing was absolutely decrepit i've seen the pictures it was disgusting the material they supposedly used should not have lasted more than a few years and apparently it lasted almost a century well was it built out of staff it was built. I can't exact. I can't remember. The, is that because staff is what they oh, say material. they built all the temporary buildings out of? Staff is I, a I is a combination of you know what staff is, TV. Yeah, but like, how do you get enough of it to oh. to, to make all this right? Stuff? And well, that goes into like, the logistics and finances. Hang, hang on, hang on. Yes. Oh, all right. Let me explain what it. Okay, so you know what a staff is? Is plaster and wood basically straw and plaster and wood. Okay, these structures are supposedly temporary structures that were made out of wood and plaster and straw and painted with white. They invented whitewashing. That is where whitewashing and spray painting was invented, just so they could 
paint these buildings um, for the, the, these these ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous buildings. So let's talk about the Chicago uh, World's Fair because that's kind of like why we're here. That's the one that got got everybody into this uh, World's Fair thing. I think um, we have. 1893 or 1892 it opened but it's called the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. Um and speaking of books like I said a minute ago, uh a good friend of the shows, Mr. Daniel Kuhn, our artist friend who who contributed the black and white uh Paranormies logo that is on the white t-shirt. Uh and he sent us the historic photos of the Chicago World's Fair book. And it's a hardcover book, it's a lot of pictures and um you know, where, where people are like, oh, the construction photos don't really show. This book is loaded with construction photos. Like, half the book is construction photos. So, to say that there's no construction photos is wrong. Now, what there is, is they're not normal construction photos. Okay? Normal construction photos, like, I've been on job sites. You know, I, I do construction. I've been working in construction for just about 20 years. Actually, if you count... If you count when I, does painting count as construction? Like when you paint houses, yes. does that count? Okay, so you count You've two years. You've been on job sites for a very yeah. long time. I've been on job sites for well over 20 years. I have been on multi, multi-billion multi dollar jobs. I was on a $25 billion, well, I don't want to talk about that one. Um, I can't, I, I'm not supposed <laughs> to talk about that job, but I've been on a job that was a 100-acre footprint job. I've been on a job that was a 50-acre footprint job. Those jobs were fucking huge, okay? The Chicago World's Fair was set on 700 acres. How many square miles is that, 700 acres? Reinhardt, can you do that math for me real quick, please? Yes, I can. Um, so 700 acres. I was on a job that was on 100 acres, which had one, two, three, four, four data halls that were football field size wide and three football field size, sizes long, okay? And those were just the data halls. You can probably guess the job was. But, uh, and the the power yard it had its own it had its own electrical yard and it had several buildings where there were backup generators and I'm, i mean it was a huge footprint and there was a river nearby and they had to do a lot of site building things a lot of landscaping and hardscaping and whatever other things that they they do with the land when they have to do um you know to be around water and not have your buildings sink into the banks you know what i mean um, the buildup of the right. land in the soft, the soft dirt there, the soft land. Uh, so there's a lot of that going on, and it took them a couple of years. It took them a couple of years to get all of that, you know, the site together before they could actually start. And then they had to get in. Then they had to get in the the electrical yard, and that took like a year and a half. And oh, before any of that, they had to cut in brand new roads from the main roads. So you could actually get to this place so you could get all of your um, all of your logistical stuff, you know, all of your parts and your stuff to build, you know, your, your iron and your screws and nails and wood and ladders and people and whatever. Right. And your trucks and all the people that are come every day to build it and your uh, your cleanup crews and your toilet cleaners and your laborers that sweep up and the 
food places where everybody's going to eat and the food truck that comes in, you know, all that, all those things, right? You know, all that, that kind of stuff. That all happens. And then, okay, so then all the logistics stuff get happened and the parking lots. Don't forget the parking lot for the people, you know, and all the places for them to use the bathroom and whatever. That's all got to be built. And then you can start building, you can start building like, you know, like uh, some structures, uh, some support structures before you get into building the main structures. And that takes four or five years. And then there's all kinds of other stuff that finishes it up and probably takes like a seven or eight. This is like an eight year project, right? Altogether. Oh, by the way, real quick, Johnny, uh, 700 acres mm-hmm. is 1.09 square miles. Okay. So it's just over a square mile. It's mm-hmm. pretty freaking big. Absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Right. So this project that I was on is like a seven year project from start to finish from the actually probably even longer with the planning and everything. And it only had four major buildings in 12 minor buildings, uh, plus some support structures uh, and a couple of water towers for cooling so maybe 20 buildings altogether and you're looking at an eight-year project chicago world's fair from 18 1889 i believe or no 1891 is when they had the first planning meeting so from the first planning meeting in 1891 they opened up the gates in 1893 so 20, 26 months later, from the first planning meeting, they opened up the gates. 26 on se- months. On 700 acres and over 200 buildings. Some of these buildings, like, for example, the, um, the, uh, the Manufacturers and Liberal Arts Building, was it, it could hold 100,000 people inside of it. Okay, these buildings were massive. Uh, the length of that building was it was the size of five Roman Colosseums. This That's building, insane. Yeah. Okay, and all of these buildings, like you know, the the court, the court of honor. You look at the look at the picture of the court of honor. Let's start there. Let's look at the picture of the court of honor. Okay. What do you guys What do you guys notice when you look at the picture of the court of honor? What is the the most like what sticks out the most in that picture? I'm trying to find the Court of Honor. The Court of Honor, if you go to the pictures... Uh, it's the it's, first picture Johnny posted. It's the very first picture I posted, yeah. Well, to me, the, the thing it's that the sticks out the most... Number one, hmm? It's in the first group that he posted. Yeah. Uh, there were eight photos. Yeah. Take Erica Elaniac um, and scroll to the right, and then there you go. Um, <laughs> see this one, Court of Honor at night. It's... The first thing that sticks out to me are the the prevalence of electric lights mm-hmm. and just the sheer size of everything. I mean, this is not a this alone, this picture alone could have taken twenty six months. Right. Like I said earlier, Walt Disney World took eighteen months mm-hmm. with nine thousand workers, four hundred million dollars in the nineteen sixties. Right, and you've got this. this is massive. This is look at the scale of this. This is massive. There and is we're not talking using monorails or any sort of uh, as they tell us mm-hmm. the you know they're not using monorails or any sort of uh, automobile technology supposedly when they're building this. No, this was all horse and buggy. Exactly, <laughs> this is all horse and, and buggy we're people. Seeing, 
huge, huge architectural projects right. with massive amounts of incandescent lights. Right. Well, the uh, the one building there, the uh, electrical tower, or the, no, the manufacturer building, excuse me, at night was lit with more lights. That one building was lit with more electrical lights than were in all of New York City, supposedly. That one building. That one building, yes. So anyways, what I was going to say about the court, looking at the... Uh, the 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 court of honor is the water as well as i wanted you to look at it was mm. the water the amount of that what is it a canal would you call that a canal what is that a port i call <laughs> that a reflecting pool a reflecting small, pool small lake a it, pond it's a lake it's huge it's huge and there are artificial coastlines all drawn in there all the way all around you have the uh the palace of fine arts down there on the end and you know, looking towards, looking towards, you have the big boat there, and then behind, where I guess the where the picture is being taken from, you really can't see the statue of of uh, of Columbia, ISIS, excuse me, you know. Um, so they they made this canal, yes. before before they opened the fair, right? They, they made all, they right. made all that, right? They made yes. all of that water feature. They had to first of all, where they put where they put the fair is, is Jackson Park, and um, Jackson Park is a park now, but at when before the fair, it was a swamp. So they're gonna right. put all these structures, all this stuff, all these they're huge building this shit on swamps, man. Right. They love buildings. They, they right. built Washington, D.C. on a swamp. Right. Disney World. It's the swamp. A yeah, swamp. Disney World. Right. Right. Um, uh, now, why, now, are they, Johnny. why are they finding... What, why do they keep... Why do they make it harder for themselves by building shit on a swamp? Well, what, what part of the explanation I would think for this is um, you can funnel the water. You can irrigate that water into that giant lake. Sure. The swamps. You, you have to create You push that. everything out. Yeah, Reinhardt, you can do that. You can do that with like earth movers and like, you know, caterpillars and big, big backhoes. And you're not doing that with horse and buggies. Okay, look at that canal and those walls and all that stuff. The the water they had to dredge all that pictures here in the daytime. Yeah, that's daytime. The other angle, the nighttime picture is ridiculous. Everything is completely lit up. I mean, all the way to the top of the government building that dome is covered in lights and this is 1893 um and this this looks like main street at walt disney world mm -hmm. in 2019 well it no what it looks like is if walt disney world in 2019 yeah main street walt disney world in 2019 got together with uh rome from uh julius caesar's days and had a kid and there you go Right, because it is. It is. You look at these pictures and you show it to somebody that doesn't know what it is. And you say, "What is this?" And they go, "Oh my god, that's a beautiful European city. What is that? Like Budapest or something? What is that?" And you're oh. like, "No, it's not yeah, Prague. What is that?" And you're like, "No, it's not that. It's that's actually the Chicago World's Fair in 1893." And they go, "What?" Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what, guys? You know, what, guys, we got a lot more of this to go. Uh, it is an hour and five. So let's let's cut this and let's listen to the song. DB, uh, you want to do some more Russian circles? Uh, yeah, some more Russian circles sounds great. I like Russian circles. Which one are we going to do this week? Uh, hold on one second. Uh, da, 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 da. Melee. I, I want to be sure I get the name right. It's Melee. So. Right? Is that melee. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. We'll be back.
All right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny with Reinhardt and Dogbot. Um, we were we were just chatting during the break, and then I realized, I'm like, dude, the break's been like 20 minutes, and like we're doing content. All right, so when we last left you, we uh, when you point out these these expos, you show this 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 court of honor to people, and they go, "Wow, is that Prague?" What is that? That's got to be. That's got to be Prague, right? That's got to be. Some, what is that? Is that is that in Amsterdam? What is that? Is that that's Rome? What is that? No, dude, that's Chicago in 1893. And then, and then the look on their face is like, what? And then they they give you that you know that confused, and you have to explain to them. You don't have to because they don't. That's when they. That's their disconnect has already happened, um, <laughs> with a lot of these people. But explaining to these people, like I said, I'm in construction. So like I was reading this book, uh, the Howdy McCoskey book. It is I have it right here in my hand. It's called Exposing the Expositions: Ancient Rome in America? Question mark. It's a good book. Very interesting. It will get you down this rabbit hole for sure. And there's a lot of a lot of other stuff online. Well, actually, there's not. There's really not a lot of other stuff online. There's a lot of stuff online if you want to look at official narrative. You know, for World's Fairs, I have. All right, I didn't get to finish my book thing. In my possession, I have a copy of Hubert Howe Bancroft, The Book of the Fair. He is the official biographer, uh, historian, whatever you want to call it, narrative builder, whatever it is, of these world's fairs. This book is... That's heavy. It is... How many pages is it? Mm, 400 and... Oh, no, I'm sorry. 509 pages long. 509 pages long. There's plenty of photographs in here. Well, what I thought were photographs, 70% of them are drawings. Like these, these, this is, this is like the history of these world's fairs. And most of the pictures in this book are drawings. And with uh, very few, the very few photographs that we have are the same ones that we see today. You know, when you look at them, this book was printed originally in 1890 on oh, the original printing. Original printing, yeah, 1893. So this was printed in 1893. Well, what they tell us is uh, that photography was not, you know, an everyman kind of thing. So mm -hmm. drawings were still predominant then. But why? If, if photography was used for so many of these pictures, for so many people, why would it not be used for these expositions, which were massive, massive ordeals? Well, Even if they lost money, they spent so much money on these. Why would they not blow some money on actual photographs of many of these buildings? Well, that's the thing about the photography is you would think that people would take pictures at these places, right? But they sold photo passes. Okay, so it was like a quarter uh, or a nickel. It was like a nickel a dime, a quarter or something like that to get in. Pretty cheap. You know, I mean, not really cheap for 1893. I guess it'd be like a, it was a quarter, like 10 bucks probably nowadays or whatever. I don't know. Five bucks. Maybe it was like five bucks to get in, but it was, you know, a, a nickel. But the photo passes were $2 for each picture. And that's pretty expensive, which is about 60 bucks. In today's money, sixty seventy dollars. Wow! So each right, and in eighteen ninety three, you don't have a lot of people with a lot of money, so they might have the nickel to get in, but they don't have the two bucks to take a picture. And the thing is about the pictures, they had special police 
They had special police to watch for people, only to watch for people with cameras, and they would take you away if you took pictures. And also, uh, if you did have the money to pay, you were uh, at a stage specific location. You could only take the picture, and they would take the picture for you, and you would get your, you know. I think it was maybe, uh, you know, you, you could if you paid enough money, you get like a, a, you know, like a little photo album of the fair. Yeah, that's it. That's those photographs. There, so there's no taking pictures. Now you go to Disney. How many cameras do you see? You go to the zoo. How many cameras do you see? You go to, you know what I mean? You go anywhere. How many cameras do you see? Right. All the time. You know, one thing about Bancroft is he wrote like, I think he wrote like 10 books that were 1500 pages a piece that completely covered us history. Yes. So you could say that Bancroft is the official narrative guyer. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's the original official, yeah like all official narratives seem to stem from bancroft because when you like uh he's he's a direct reference for uh school books and everything for a long time absolutely so, absolutely his history books i went to go look like i said i got this book of the fair it's the second i got a second edition and it was it was still not cheap first edition uh copies of his book or like three, four hundred bucks. The his history series, and I don't know exactly how many volumes it is, but I have found all of them on eBay, and so far it's like three thousand dollars to for the um for the eight books or whatever that I've found so far. I'm not buying them. I'm just saying like that's how much it would cost. And this guy, yeah, fifteen hundred page page books where he a book the history of California, Nevada, and Utah. And it's, you know, 1,500 pages, 500 pages on each state. And these were taught in history books. And these, this guy, this is H.H. Bancroft. If you know anything about the, uh, about California, Northern California, there's Bancroft everything. Bancroft Avenue, Bancroft this. Uh, University of California, Berkeley has a bunch of Bancroft stuff there. The Bancroft wing of, I forgot what building it is, but there's, this guy's pretty big. And he basically. H.H. Holmes? Who? H. H. Holmes, H. H. Holmes, the first American serial killer who was apparently at the Chicago World's Fair. H. Well, H. That H. Holmes, where he was siphoning his victims from. Oh, you know, well, yes. H. H. No, this is H. H. Bancroft. Weird. I, I was making a Chicago connection. Yeah, no, I know, but that's weird though. That there, there was an H. H. Bancroft that documented it, and an H. H. Holmes that killed people there. That's kind it of a weird. Could have been that he actually took that name. From ah, Bancroft. I don't know. Depending on his on his image or or level of famousness at that time um who knows right. I mean, that wasn't even his name right so, so okay well let's get okay so we're done we talked about bancroft he's basically the official narrator of of american history he's probably the guy who wrote all of american history that we know of he's that this guy is probably the tolkien slash shakespeare of american whoa. history whoa i'm just putting it out there I'm offended, but okay. You know what I mean? Don't get a f- shut up. I'm offended. Stop. That's like twice <laughs> you've been the, gay. He's the Shakespeare, Plato, Tolkien of of history. I yeah. don't give a damn about Shakespeare or Plato. He's the Shakespeare, Plato, Tolkien of American history. Yeah. I, uh, uh, to, uh, Why? What does it bother? What does it bother? Tolkien. Ooh, Tolkien created all of Middle Earth's history. Oh, Tolkien! Tolkien gave the official or the the hidden narrative by lumping hit by lumping Tolkien in with Plato and Shakespeare, dear 
host of the show, you are implying that he's fake. That Tolkien is fake as well as gay. I know what I'm doing. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not retarded. I know what I'm doing. I know he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still going to be mad about it. You can be mad all you want. You said tool sucks, so whatever. Yeah, Maynard's you can. Faggot. Yeah, Maynard's a faggot. Anyone, Maynard's a faggot doesn't mean I don't. This, doesn't mean I can't like the band. And for anyone hearing this streaming right now, technically Reinhardt is mad online. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to break my keyboard. This is true. Oh, this is true. Okay, let's get back to the let's get back to the to the Chicago World's Fair, which was full of 200 buildings on 700 acres. Most of the buildings were temporary, including. Well, I don't know if the, I don't know if the Ferris wheel was supposed to be temporary or not, but um, most of the buildings were temporary, with the exception of the Palace of Fine Arts. Do you know? Do you guys know the reason why they built the Palace of Fine Arts to be permanent? For the permanence of fine arts. Wow, you, I have a feeling you answered a lot of questions in high school exactly like that. <laughs> I never went to high school. I was homeschooled. Same thing you said to your mom. Yeah, you gave the smart ass answer to your mom. Yeah. No. <laughs> but no, uh Dogbot, do you know the reason why they built the Palace of Fine Arts to be permanent? Uh they built the Palace of Fine Arts to be permanent because they were going to have some fine art in there and they wanted to be safe from fires. That is a very solid guess, by the way. The reason that the building and here's a quick aside, all of these world's fairs had at least one building that ended up being permanent and they had to build it permanently for what reasons. And here's the reasons for the building of the Palace of Fine Arts to be permanent is that the only way that they could get insurance to receive the ridiculous amounts of art from around the world different countries like all the, these different countries from Europe and Asia and whatever sent all this art the only way that they could insure it was that the building was permanent insurance purposes goy nice you that like that sounds about right you like that yeah that's that's the that's, that's the official narrative was this before was this before art was a way of uh, Jews to money launder no it's always art been that still way. a way oh it's always been that art's way? always right. yeah no always has been yeah yeah god <laughs> God doesn't need iconography or art. Jews do. Right. Right. All right. So uh, so you have all these temporary buildings on 700 acres. Oh, by the way, did you guys know that Chicago, the city of Chicago itself, burnt to the ground? It's like to the ground in 1871. Right. The Great Fire of Chicago. They call it the Great Fire. You guys I don't that? think anyone going through American history classes ever heard of the Great Fire of Chicago. Are you serious? Nobody's ever heard of Mrs. O'Leary's cow? Nope. <clears throat> liar. Cow, cow kicked over a lantern? Doesn't yes. sound right to me. Cow nope. kicks over a lantern. Somehow, the whole city of Chicago burns to the ground. Now, there are pictures now in, in here where, that I posted. DB, can you see the pictures of, the, of the, the fire damage? They would be in the last group that I posted. All yes. Of, all these pictures are going to be... All these pictures are going to be... Yeah, so that's the damage. Look, what do you see... What do you see in these pictures besides the just blown out buildings? What do you see? Well, what's incredibly annoying to me is that uh, with these uh, with all of these great fires, 
is that there are literal um, wooden telephone or, or telegram poles that are just that are up. Mm-hmm. And what and else? And what and else? Most of the buildings seem to be made of brick, and then not just that, but they're obliterated. Right. Like, like they're like they're they look. It looks exactly like the same photographs that you saw from Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, 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 and or I, and, and, and this this isn't just the fires; it's also the earthquakes in in San Francisco. Right, the, the old pictures of the earthquakes. Those yes. look even those look even worse. Well, earthquakes, so this, dude, earthquakes this, actually cause a lot of damage, you know, and earthquakes right. could do them. That's why they had to upgrade the narrative. Hang on a second, you're skipping ahead. Um, when you said okay. when you when you said well that's what I asked I said what do you guys see in these pictures uh, you said telephone or telegram poles or what are telegraph poles but also trees and also you know trees there's there are unburned trees alongside these buildings that are completely blown out now the narrative for the Chicago fire says that everything burned so quickly because everything was made of wood now looking at these pictures from the chicago fire damage i don't see wood structures i see a lot of brick i see a lot of stone if you go back there is a famous panoramic shot uh, i believe it's miller's or mallers or something panoramic chicago shot from 1857 i believe the shot is from and i don't see a, hardly any wood Framed wood structures in the whole city and it's like the chicago panoramic you know i mean not chicago the san francisco panoramic that we always we always talk about we've showed with the vanilla sky with the vanilla sky yeah and the vanilla, um, we're ignoring vanilla sky today we're not we're not going to do any vanilla sky stuff unless we might <laughs> <laughs> can't resist right we might we might have to no but um Okay, so no, I'm sorry, the, the panoramic. So the, all these buildings that were supposedly wood, if you go back and look at the panoramic from a couple of years before, you know, 15, 20 years before, all the buildings are clearly stone and brick, mostly brick. So when you see these fire damaged pictures and all these buildings that are still standing are stone, there's that one picture where there's the, um, looks like a big smokestack, and then right next to the smokestack. Now, this is like the day after the fire, or two days after the fire. There's a little wood cabin-looking thing in the middle. There's a little clapboard. You know, now, now, the, now, the one building later on, well, they show the ruins of Chicago, and there's a little house being built, and you can see it's under construction. It's a little wooden house with a little flat clapboard front. That's what you expect from your horse and buggy people. All the stuff that's destroyed looks like it was built by you know in the middle 1950s when all supposedly all these brick buildings were built where i'm at right now in in the towns nearby like all the major buildings are made out of bricks right i'm in the south there's all that red clay so they make bricks out of it right right but this is these buildings that are destroyed look like they were built in the 1950s not in the 1840s 1850s and like dogbot said they do these Fire pictures look like Nagasaki. They look like Dresden. Now, they look like there was the fire hurricane, the hellstorm that happened in Dresden. And Dresden happened. We know what happened in Dresden. It was hundreds of thousands of tons of bombs were dumped on Dresden. And that's why Dresden looks like this. This was caused by a cow kicking over a lantern that burned down a barn that burned down the house next door that supposedly set up. You know what I mean? That, that 
So, so what it reminds me of is some of the pictures of the California fires, like that would happen in some of these neighborhoods in uh, in wooded areas in California. And what it would ha- which California fires? Because you got to be specific, because there's fires like every year. I forgot what the, I forgot exactly which ones, but the, in the pictures it shows like a neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the houses will be burned down, like two or three of them. Yes, the trees will be fine, and for so, you know, it's just it, and it looks like it was hit with a direct energy weapon. It's almost like a Jewish space laser came through the neighborhood, and yeah. There's cars yeah, that told, look cut in I've half. I've been told that there aren't patents for such things. Well, why would there be patents for those things? Where you could go look them up. And we didn't we have somebody? Didn't we have somebody say that the, you know, there was no such thing? And then I posted evidence, and they're like, "Yeah, but those articles were from such and such and such and such, and didn't even scan the article that has the list of actual military records of directed energy weapons going back to 1930." No, Jewish space lasers don't exist, right? And that's just 1930 that they've told us about. So, right, right. Okay, so the cow burned down in Chicago in 1871. So now here we are in 1891. They win the bid for the World's Fair. 20 years later. 20 years later, they decide to build in a city that has just been raised to the floor, completely to the ground. Uh, They decide that they're going to fortify a swamp so that they can place 700 acres or 200 buildings on 700 acres in the middle of a swamp. Uh, Temporary buildings, temporary structures, because, you know, in a city that's just been burned down, what you really need are temporary structures, not permanent structures. Um, Oh, also, by the way, while they were building the World's Fair, you know what else was happening? World War I? Two major universities were being built in Chicago at the same time. University of Chicago. Oh, at the and, same time? Yes, yes. Were they? Yes. University oh. of Chicago was built concurrently with the World's Fair. And then, um, oh, God, what's the big Jesuit school there? I forgot. Anyways, some, I don't know. some kiked up college was built at the same time. So you have, yeah, so you have all this construction going on. And... All at once, all at the same time. And, you know, all this stuff, because this is what you do. This is what you do in a city that's just been burnt to the ground. Is you, you, you know, you build two colleges and a huge World's Fair. So let's talk about the buildings in the World's Fair. Start with, uh, what do we got here? We The first massive structure on the water there is the, uh, the Agricultural Palace. That's the one... That's really, really long. It's on the waterfront. It's got, uh, uh-huh. yeah. So, what do you guys, what do you guys think of that building? That is made out of plaster and wood. I don't believe it. Like, I, I, I don't understand the whole plaster narrative. Everybody knows that plaster can barely withstand and hold up to any uh, any amount of structural pressure no no this is this is this is special plaster this is staff okay this is plaster reinforced with straw it it just it just doesn't matter they said this thing was put up in two years i just don't believe it yeah yeah they they can i yes go ahead Reiner. can i be a a total nerd and you're gonna bully me probably afterwards either on the recording or off (sighs) but 
I've watched enough of the Lord of the Rings special features over the last 20 years to know exactly how they built all the sets using plaster, using plasticine, everything that they've done. These things are incredibly temporary. They are volatile. And they, they, I mean, to say they're temporary is no joke. They don't last. Uh, they, they have a permanent shire in New Zealand, yes. Uh, the one that they built originally, which they built using temporary materials, barely lasted all the filming that they did. And they did three movies back-to-back from you know, 1997, 1998, all the way up to like 2001, 2002. And it was barely lasting. So how can these buildings, especially the ones that supposedly, like the Nashville Parthenon, lasted for decades until they were refurbished quote right or burnt down how did they last that long right. because many of these didn't burn down immediately like chicago a well chicago burned down the thing about chicago is it was, there was a series of fires that ended the world's fair in chicago right because you're not going to do it all at once because it's 700 freaking acres right right it takes a long time <laughs> to burn all that stuff down you need a, you need several cows and many lanterns um <laughs> It's a $25 billion job. You can't just do that all in one night. Right. You can't just, right. Yeah. You can't just knock all that stuff over. Not even with nukes because, you know. And that's the thing. That's the thing that these fire pictures say, you know, they, they look like, like DB said, like those pictures from Northern California, the fires. I remember some of the ones from 2014, 2015, where you'd have a car that looked like it, somebody had taped a line on it and, you know, painted that gray color that it was burnt out on one side and then pulled the tape off and you had this perfectly clean line where the rest of the paint was, you know, perfect, right? Like one of the one of the wheels would be melted, the other side of the car was perfectly fine, like that kind of stuff. Jewish space lasers directed at energy weapons. That's really what it is. The don't same worry thing about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. The same thing happens with these fires, these these huge city fires that burn down the entire cities like Chicago. All of the destruction, it looks like it looks like bombings, actually, more than directed energy weapons for a lot of these. This looks more like it was bombed out, like like Charleston, South Carolina looked like after the you know the alleged Civil War pictures. Richmond, Virginia looked bombed out, you know, with uh, something other than cannonballs. You know, the same thing with the with these fires. So, all right, so now we have on the swamp we have this agricultural building. We have the government building, which has the huge dome. And there's there's all kinds of other buildings here. There's the uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about the statue, but the buildings are ridiculous. The Palace of Mechanical Arts, the the Fisheries and Handicraft Building, is excuse me, I'm sorry, the Fisheries and Handicraft Wing of the Women's Building. What? Like how? What what even is this this Fisheries and Manufacture? What no? I'm sorry. What is it? Fisheries. And handicraft in the women's building. Did you guys see that picture? Look at look well, at that building. Look at the structure. Well, speaking speaking of women's building, isn't the reason they even had a women's building is because the vaunted Susan B. Anthony said they needed to have a women's building? Yes. Susan B. Anthony said, yes, the, the first feminists said they had to have a women's building. And I'm scrolling through the pictures and where did I put the women's building picture? Wait, the one I, the one in London the one in London was called Suffragette City, right? <laughs> I, I thought Helen Keller was the first feminist. Well, Helen Keller wasn't the first feminist, but she was the first uh, 
she was the first faking gay feminist. Mm. That's uh yeah, here. Let me drop this in the chat. I don't know if this is even here. Check out this. She picture. was check out she this was last the picture. first feminist because she wasn't listening to what men were saying. Ah, nice, nice. All right, I'm dropping a picture of the women's building in the chat if it'll ever upload. Look at that. Look at that picture. The last thing I dropped. That's the fisheries. Well, knowing women, it'll it'll be fashionably fashionably late to show up in the chat. Right. <laughs> the Which fisheries building. Really fucking late. So the fisheries no, building. Fisheries building. Check it out. Eleven hundred feet in length, two hundred feet in width. Okay. So thick. So very yes, it's a very thick Juicy. woman. Juicy. Thick with juicy two. Yes, thick building. and juicy. Well, you guys, said, you guys. I said two C's, not juicy. Oh. Oh. All right. Oh, I heard <laughs> juicy. All right, but. These buildings were huge, 200 feet wide, a thousand feet across. Some of these, you know, these are huge, huge structures that are temporary. I just think it's kind of crude of the architect to have designed the Antiquatec hard nipples on top of the domes. Yeah, kind of crude, I guess. Kind of crude. You're just saying, but okay, so. <laughs> Not only are there ridiculous buildings that have ridiculous narratives about how they were built and why they were built, and look at look at the look at the art, I, the fountains, I the horses, the 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 fountains that are just like these fountains. Okay, how are these fountains running? What kind well, of electrical pumps, hydroelectric pumps? Like what kind of what kind of pumps were running these fountains? Huge fountains. I'm just well, wondering what kind of technology that they had available to where the front door of the woman's building would close for any men shorter than six feet. Now we see what you mean by your content comment. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why. Boo. But they did have, <laughs> they did have massive fountains in the ancient world that would pump Right. Water, but, wine, whatever. Gravity I mean, fed and they had they were usually gravity fed and like there was aqueducts and that kind of stuff. So but Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what are you saying gravity for? Well, uh, you know, yeah, the density weight ratio stuff. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gravity's not real, but you know, density versus buoyancy. That that works. Anyway, um, However, however they did it in the ancient world, Reinhardt, I don't care. Look at this fountain here in Chicago in 1893, okay? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's, how did they do it? How did the horse and buggy people in 1893 do this? How did the horse and buggy people look at the fountain at night, the court of honor at night? Look at that. All that stuff is lit up like something out of, you know, Paris in the 1950s. Look at the, look at the brightness of those lights. This is supposed to be the infancy of electricity. You know, this was supposed in, in, to be introducing, right. Introducing electricity to America. This is like, right. Does that make any sense? Does any of that make any sense? No, it doesn't. Now, what's the real story? We don't know. <laughs> we don't, we don't know the real story, but what we think is that, you know, most likely these buildings were, most of the buildings were already here. And a lot of them anyways, 
Uh, and these world's fairs were used to construct a new narrative. I mean, the new narrative, like the stuff that was the stuff that they had at the fairs. Like they, they, they introduced American food, basically hot dog, corn dogs, uh, um, waffle cones, um, French fries, hash browns, you know, all these foods that were introduced. Uh, uh, I already said hot dogs, uh, ketchup, I believe was one of the condiments. Amazing. Easy consumer food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost I like they were setting like they... us up. Oh, go ahead. No, it's almost like they were setting us up. Go ahead. I feel like that they were introducing what the future way of life was going to be for this version of humanity. Right. This post this post reset version of humanity. Yeah, you know, right. the the industrial society dehumanized part of humanity. Uh, some of the theories about food consumption and and the medical field uh, did come up in some of this author's interviews, and I found some of it very interesting. It's some stuff I've also heard before, but like some of these buildings being able to draw in energy and help people. Uh, feel better, feel more energized, and uh, I, I, like drawing from the plasma and the ether in the air, and uh, it, the 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 copper domes and spires, and the the way that the buildings are built with sort of a sacred geometry, uh, hel- you know, helped make people feel better with and not needing so much uh, what we what we call uh, quack medical science. Hello? No, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm, hmm, I was nodding. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, Howdy Mikoski goes into a lot of that, um, that kind of stuff, the healing properties of certain things. He's into the stone circles and he talks a lot about the rose windows and there's a lot of rose windows here. You know, if you guys know what rose windows are, right? Those are the ones that um, they're like cymatic patterns. Yeah. Like, like healing, healing vibrations from the design of the window. Then, uh, Reinhardt, when we were talking about uh, those those crosses. Those are the rose window crosses. Remember the, a couple of yes. yeah, that's what it is the rose. Like, those are the phrase I couldn't think of was the rose windows. Anyway, um, yeah, he gets into a lot of that where he talks about uh, the Gothic churches, you know, and then the cathedrals being healing centers and how how a town could have, you know, a town could have a cathedral that put off certain vibrations and you know, if the cathedral was tuned properly, it would keep everybody in the town healthy and happy and, you know, just on the well, right, that's something that, the right wavelength. That James Lee talks about in the one world Tartarians book as well mm-hmm. is the healing energy of all of this, uh, the vibrations. And that's why we have like the gigantic organs, right? right. Um, we are, we are, we, okay, we are, I'm going to, going to break out the weed whacker here. We're in the weeds. All right, let's get back to, let's get back to Chicago. Um, no, I know, I know we could do cymatics. We should do a whole episode on cymatics and, and vibrations and frequencies. I think it's a good idea. That would definitely be some schizo stuff. For sure. But, uh, but James, you're, yeah, you know, James Lee's books are kind of. Kind of a little schizo sometimes. I don't mind. I, you know what? I'm starting to not mind that word anymore. It used to piss me off when people used to call us schizo. I mean, it still kind of does because it's a pejorative. Anymore. I'm just not, not going to believe that Jesus Christ was some Byzantine emperor. 
because I don't believe the Byzantines actually existed. Okay, that's fair. Um, but back to Chicago and this impossible stuff. Now, it wasn't just these ridiculous, huge buildings, you know, that was there. There was also the Midway. They, they, um, the Midway was, you know, like a, the, the actual fair where there were. Now, when you get into the Midway section of the World's Fair, these were definitely things that could have been built by people in just a couple of years. You know, there were restaurants and, um, all this other, like the Chicago World's Fair had fair stuff. Now, when we talked about the fairs that don't have things, you know, they don't have food or bathrooms or any of that kind of stuff. The Chicago's World Fair did. It was just all in the midway with um with the Ferris wheel and all the hot dogs. And, you know, that's where all that stuff was. Okay. Um, when you look at the big, huge Roman style buildings, you don't see any of that. There really wasn't any of that around there. So it's like those buildings were there, but then they added the midway and all the, um, you know, like the, the ring toss and all that kind of stuff, except it wasn't the ring toss. You know, you didn't, you didn't go down there and win, win you a stuffed elephant. No, you went down there and you looked at the Inuit Indians and you looked at the Filipinos uh, and you walked You won through. yourself a nigger. Right, right. A pickaninny. You can win yourself a pickaninny. No, because there wasn't any there. All the stuff about the actual American blacks, there weren't any there. All the stuff about American blacks and slavery and stuff was only done in like a theatrical setting. So there wasn't. So the history of slavery and all that kind of stuff was wasn't really um wasn't in the human zoos. There weren't any like slave well they had they had like okay, you know how Disney has uh the different areas in at like Epcot, you can go to the different parts of the world, you can go to France, you can go to Morocco, you go to Germany, whatever. Uh they they got all that from these world's fairs. That's what Disney is. Disney is basically a world's fair, especially Epcot. Um, well, Epcot, yeah, was the experimental city of tomorrow and it, it the world's fair or the uh, the world showcase there was supposed to be the whole thing is a mini world's fair right it, it's what exactly it is. what it is yeah it's not it's a mini world's fair it's pretty pretty it's fair. the eternal world's fair exactly and it gets updated every now and then with new simulation rides that are not really rides at all but they trick your brain into thinking you're doing stuff sponsored by semen sponsored by semen sponsored by raytheon sponsored by lockheed martin yes, yes we've gone over that before uh but yeah so there was okay, so on the midway would be where you had your um instead of your ring toss and your bearded lady and your uh ice cream, you would still have the ice cream, but you wouldn't have a bearded lady, you'd have a um a human zoo. And they were called human zoos. You know, and it was the Filipinos, the Japanese, the Inuits, um Geronimo for some reason. Geronimo got around to all these world's fairs, right? He was what in nineteen oh four, I think he was at a World's Fair. And yeah, like, Geronimo wasn't at this one. I I, I added him. God, there he was by he was he was in another one, Iowa or something. He was in a couple of them, but yeah, every time they'd have Geronimo show up, it wasn't in like the hey uh, hey uh, outfit. They always had him in like a, a suit and tie. Yeah, they always had him in a very white, white presenting. Yes. Uh, yes, and that's what they well, and that's that was part of the purpose of the fairs. I believe, you know, and also on the midway, you would also have your, uh, your incubator babies. Right. Yes. So as far as, as far as, you know, the native Americans and, and Asians, blacks, especially Southeast Asians, mm -hmm. um, 
all these quote uncivilized cultures, I think that these world fairs were a detriment to them as well because they all did, and this includes Africans, they all did have incredible societies. Sure. They all did have incredible buildings. Now, wait uh, a second, Reinhardt. Advanced culture. Wait a second. Uh, the buildings in, like, say, like the Philippines, right? Those were built by Americans after America took over the Philippines from Spain, okay? Those weren't just there. Then how do we explain the Filipinos and the Micronesians building Venice among their islands? Those were built by Spanish settlers. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It was all by Catholics. No. It's the... the dude, I'm just... Buried- Reading the, the Easter narrative. Island heads. They, right. They were the toes from the Easter Island head. They dug them down so deep the toes popped up over in Micronesia. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I don't fucking know, I, dude. No. That, what, dude? I, the thing about the Philippines got me the most because when you look at the Chicago World's Fair Filipino exhibit, they're like loincloth wearing savages, right? But and, they're not. No, no, I know. But wait. But wait. This is 1893. But if you look at the uh, the Supreme Court building in Manila, which was built in, I want to say, 1885. I don't remember when did when did the United States take over uh, take over well, from Spain? Was it 1885? We have, to, we have to keep in mind that according to official narratives, uh, both Francis Magellan, Francis Drew, er, Ferdinand Magellan, sorry, Francis Drake. And several other explorers did make it over to that side of the world a few centuries ago uh, in the 1500s. Sure, that's how they all Even ended up with. That's how they all ended up with like Spanish names. Narratives. Yeah. There were still those buildings. There was still that society, that culture. And even then, there was still uh, amazing infrastructure built into those places all across the Pacific, the Southeast Asia uh, landscape. That totally disproves this idea of savages. Right. Supreme Court of the Philippines. That's the one. Here we go. The Supreme Court of and the I'll, Philippines. And I'll definitely, I'll take the hit on this one if, if TRS guys or anybody else wants to comment. Uh, I mean, and I'm talking about Africa as well. These people, everyone had incredible societies. Mm-hmm. They had amazing technology, infrastructure, language, um, their religions and societies and technology were duped, I believe, personally, uh, by illicit knowledge. But they did have incredible wealth and infrastructure and society and culture. Um, sure. It's not their fault that they were blown back to the friggin' Stone Age. Well, that last reset, that last reset did a lot to yeah, a lot of people. Exactly. Well, and, and the fact that this architecture is found in, you know, in pretty much every continent all over, all over earth. Um, you know, and again, that's the Tartarian aspect that, that the, uh, the Bloomberg articles, like, I, I don't remember what was their cope. What was their cope for finding these buildings everywhere? Just the colonists, colonialism. Is that what their cope is? Colonialism. It was yeah. colonialism. Right. Because, that, okay. So, that- yeah. Yeah. So okay. So the start of the American occupation in uh, in the Philippines was 1898, right? And uh, the yeah, the Supreme Court. Okay, the building was built in 1889. 1899. Okay, so in 1899, 1899, they built this 
you know, just because that's how they've been building the uh, the state houses in the United States. I guess that's why they had to build the Supreme Court in the Philippines to look just like the state house or the Supreme Court in Washington. Yeah. And amazing that the continent that used to exist that connected the Philippines all the way with Easter Island, uh, even just by a short boat ride, had been destroyed a few thousand years ago. Oh, Lemuria? Mm-hmm. Or Moo? Which one was that? Oh, was Moo. The Moo. Moo. Yeah, Moo. Lemuria was the other Lemuria yeah. was, was Indian Ocean. Right, right. Lemuria, Moo the is name Pacific, comes right. from lemurs Lemur. uh, from well, Madagascar. Right, right, because they used Moo. to go. Yeah, Lemuria went from Madagascar to India, basically, and that's why you have. Right, yeah. Moo, which I believe has far more evidence for it, for its existence, uh, connected the entire Pacific. Right, Pacific. yeah, and that was I, when, I think when Moo disappeared, possible, that's when they filled in the area um from the Sea of Cortez up to Washington. Maybe that's how California got filled in. Well, and you know those those freaking Easter Island heads would have lasted. It's basalt rock. It's volcanic rock. Sure. That thing's not going to degrade. No, not at all. If if you want to build a World's Fair out of that, sure. Yeah, but not out of staff. (laughs) Staff, wood, straw, plaster. Okay, let's talk about this. 700 acres, 200 buildings. You see all these buildings, right? You know what you don't see? Don't you really don't see it all? These huge buildings? Construction stuff. Well, not just construction stuff. Roads. There's no roads. There's no but roads. You, There's no roads around any roads, buildings. They're going outside the city for like a day's drive. Right. There's no roads around any of these buildings until, well, you know, in the uh, court of honor, you know, there's, yeah, the roads around that. But like outside of that. There's no roads. There's no roads around these buildings. You look at these buildings, uh, like the 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 field museum, because it's in the middle of a. I guess they call it because it's in the middle of a field. But these buildings don't have any roads. How do they get? How do they get the horses and buggies? Even like, it, let's say the horse and buggy people did this stuff. Oh wait, let me look at this. They built in the historic photo of the Chicago World's Fair photograph book. There are photographs of construction. Okay, there are six guys loading, shoveling dirt into some square boxes on what looks like 30 feet of railroad track that disappears into the faded edge of the picture. Okay, and it's being pulled by two horses. So there are there's like, you know, work on the fairgrounds began in June 1891 with 5000 workers. Okay, and it shows two guys with a horse pulling a plow. And then you have. Construction began with the massive movement of earthen grading and filling of the land. By the end of construction, workers had moved more than 1.2 million cubic yards of earth at a cost of $500,000, which is probably like a couple of billion dollars. And they did it anyway, in the picture. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, eight guys, eight guys shoveling in their little bowlers and derby hats and their suspenders and vests and what appeared and to be they're ni- posing nice pants. Time. Yeah. No, these guys are posing. They're all posing. There's, um, okay. So dredging here. Oh, remember I was talking about dredging the canals to do that, to do the big lagoon. I guess they're calling it a lagoon, the lagoon dredging to form the lagoon was a priority during the initial phases of construction. It shows a barge floating being pulled by a single horse. That is how they dredged the swamp and turned it into that beautiful lagoon. And then there's another photo of 
of the landscaping guys with wheelbarrows walking on a single board across the swamp. Like, dude, this is ridiculous. They have like six guys in every picture. They would need 50,000 men to build this in. Okay. So Howdy McCoskey in his book and in his, um, in his interviews, he talks about how he, uh, he's friends with a large, uh, a contractor works for a very large company in Norway where he lives. And this guy builds really big stuff. And he showed him the court of honor and he asked how long it would take him to build. And he said, two years for planning and landscaping and the water. And then with unlimited budget and unlimited guys, 10 years on top. So 12 to 15 years, I think was the total to do that. And the story that they give us sort of monetary figure as well. He said several billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he, he didn't really, because like, you know, whatever he's building permanent buildings. So he doesn't know. Um, if he's doing it temporarily, he's like, there's no way that anybody built on that stuff temporarily anyways. And that's the other thing. Temporarily, look at the, the government building with that gigantic four-story dome. That's built out of wood and plaster, and it had elevators. The pic- there's pictures of inside the government building of elevators that go to the top. Elevators! Built out of wood. Temporary elevators, 1890s. apparently. Okay. Temporary elevators! Sure. Now, you're having you're having the elite all the elites of the world are coming to this thing. Somehow they're coming to this thing because they got the text message or something or the email or the pigeon or whatever, the the scroll with the little wax seal got sent to them. And they're coming out. These are elites. These are very rich people coming out to this world's fair. To this temporary structure, you're going to send the richest people in a temporary structure up a temporary elevator up four stories into a temporary building. Like, what if it collapsed? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no OSHA back then. Like these temporary structures. Would you, would you, if you're building this for like, the, the, does temporary make any sense at all? No. Right. It doesn't. And on this note, on this note, I just posted three pictures in our Skype. Johnny, go look at them. Dabak, go look. Look at the third one. I apologize. I, I posted the, the finished product last, but go look at the, the final one. And then go back and look at the first that I posted. Yeah. The construction is entirely different. Well, the construction, no quote, photos here. The quote, and photos, what they're showing are drawings. The first photograph yeah, that you drew, the did you first have? one is draw. That's a drawing. Like, I don't know, like, I, I, I hesitate to get too deep into this, but I had a close family member who's an architect and a, a an actual art. An architect that was raised in American universities of the 60s and 70s, not probably not one of today, could produce something like the first picture that Reinhardt put in here. You know, it, it like they could draw that well. Right. Uh, they could draw a building that well with that level of perspective and shading and everything. That is a drawing. You're, it's, it's, it's not even – it's not – it's not even debatable. It's sure. a drawing that's been put over a photograph. But it's my question. Re- okay. Your my question. question. My question is the top part, what's in the red box. And this will be in the mega. Is what's well, the in top the red part, box. What's in the red box is Antiquitech that they tore down. It's mm-hmm. free energy Antiquitech. Has to be. Has to be. Because why would it be there? 
otherwise. Right. It's uh, in the construction the photos, but that's not in the finished picture. So they took something away. Yeah. So part exactly. of part part of what his theory was uh, for for some of these world fairs was that there was a lot of buildings that were originally there, and then they whipped up a whole bunch of them, and then they spray painted everything white, so everything looked like it was part of the same thing, and it would confuse you on which ones were the original or, or, or were originally old, and which ones well, were. Uh, temporary. It wasn't meant and, to confuse you as imagine, to like because oh. nobody was actually looking at him and going, "Okay, these are old." No, this was. And here's the other thing: is the people that in the pictures, all these pictures of these people that are at these fairs, they don't look like they belong there. Everybody looks out of place. You know, everybody looks well, like this is actually possible to do. What do you it mean? It's actually possible to place people in these photographs. Right, 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 right. Oh, no. Well, no, I mean, yeah, you could put people to stage people or you could do Photoshop because Photoshop has existed since photographs have existed. Um, That's I've been, what I was talking about was Photoshop. Yeah, they could Photoshop. I mean, uh, who's the guy? Um, the the new John, the British John Levi guy that I pointed out to you guys. I can't remember his name. Butler. I forgot my phone just died and I can't look it up. Um, <laughs> but he he just released a video where he talks about old Photoshop. And uh, it's basically Photoshop. People used to, you know, people used to get like joke pictures and, you know, they would do like, like with like their head as a balloon, you know, or their head on a stick or whatever. Like that was like a big popular one back in the day when pictures were first invented. Like Photoshop and doctored photographs were like a fun novelty thing that people did a lot of so photoshop has always existed as long as there's been photographs the problem is we've been told uh, photography has only existed since 19 or 1830 and i don't i don't know that that's necessarily true you know a lot of these pictures a lot of these pictures i mean you know just because it says 1879 on the picture it doesn't necessarily make it 1879 Right. So, uh, <laughs> I, as with a lot of these things, it, it, it may drive some people nuts. That it, it does sound like pure speculation, but when you when you look at the official narrative, or it, like you look at the text of the official narrative, and they say this was built in two years, and then you look at the you, you look at the Chicago World's Fair picture uh, with the with the harbor. And the main building, uh, you, you know, like and, and the canal and the and the statue and the fountains mm-hmm. and everything. And, and just even if you're absolutely retarded and don't know anything about construction, you could look at at least just this one building, not the not the rest of the like acres and acres and acres of similar buildings, <laughs> but just this one building and go, yeah. That's not getting done two years. Not, not with, uh, y- you know, not with horse and buggy people, not with horse and buggy people. No. PM. Yes. Trademarked by the paranormal. Well, once again, once again, what we see is horse and buggy people and like five or six guys, uh, in relatively well, well-made clothing, you know, decent coats, decent, uh, yeah. undershirts, Decent pants, shoes, everything that are doing this. I mean, five, six guys in front of these buildings just posing like it's nothing. 
and apparently they they have thousands and thousands and thousands of workers. Well, no. yeah. And the the other thing is the construction pictures in this book that uh, that Daniel Kuhn sent to us. The hist- historic photos of the Chicago World Fair. I'm going to keep always saying it like that. But uh, the pictures of the construction, you know, aside from the few pit people in and out, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of just shots of, you know, no construction. It's just, you know, there's, there's no construction going on, but the building is, you know, in, it's like a progress picture, maybe, you know, it's like a, there's the skeleton of the agriculture building. There's the skeleton of uh, the electricity building. Oh, that's right. There was an electricity building from the mines and mining building. Like, there's so many buildings. Don't forget that every state had its own building and most countries had their own building too. So there was the Illinois building. There was the Indiana building, the Connecticut building, the New York building. So whatever, how many ever states in 1893, there were, there were that many buildings. Uh, and they still had stuff like the women pavilion, the shoe pavilion, shoe and leather, shoe and leather pavilion open on Fridays. The agriculture. Now pavilion. here's a picture. Here's a picture. A suited man leads against the massive foot of one of the steel arches in the manufacturers and liberal arts building. Which building did I say was permanent? The manufacturer. And liberal no, arts. I did not. No, it was the. Palace of Fine Arts. And why was it why was it permanent? Because it needed to be for insurance purposes, correct? Okay. So here we have a narrative clash. Okay. This is a steel arch. Now this this is a one, two, three. This is ridiculous amounts of steel, okay? And rivets. And these are like I mean, you have rows one, two, three, four, five, but six, Johnny, seven, they can eight. do all of this out of plaster. Right. Right. But there's no, it says it's steel. It says in the book. In the book. What if they made two? What so if they what Chicago, if they made two? But, but listen, listen. Chicago's familiarity with steel frame construction was a key factor in erecting the exposition structures quickly. I thought they were all wood. I thought and plaster. that's why it was so friggin' easy. That's why they did it in two years. There is literally, okay, I opened up to one page. I am so pissed off right now. <laughs> like, there you go. There's your narrative clash. Okay, and so the World's Fair was over with at the end of the World's Fair. I'm getting pissed off now. But let's finish up because uh, we're getting to the end. Um, the statue, right? The statue of ISIS, Columbia, what they said was, you know, it looks exactly like, it looks exactly, exactly like the Statue of Liberty. But uh, they said that was the uh, the Statue of the Republic or the Statue of Columbia. Now, now here's the thing is the Columbia episode, uh, ex- exposition, not episode. The Columbia exposition was to celebrate the Columbus's discovery of the United States, of, uh, of America, right? That's what this was for, was to celebrate that. That's what the narrative is. But what they tell us. That's what they wanted to push. Right. That's what they wanted to push. But if you look at it, it's a celebration of Columbia, the goddess Columbia, ISIS, right? right. Um, that's what these structures are. Okay, so yeah, they, they the entire city of Washington D.C. is dedicated to right district of the goddess Columbia. Yes, yes, but we're a Christian nation. All right. Um, 
The goddess, which is also the Virgin Mary, which is also the wife of Nimrod Semiramis. Right. Right. That's for another episode, mm. though. Okay, so mm. the World's Fair burned down. It burned down at the end. They It burned. There were several fires. It burned down. They um, had to make, like, three statues, didn't they? Well, they made... There's, dude, there's more than three statues, but the statue of Columbia, that statue yeah. was huge. Yeah. Right. It was, had to it make was like remade. Yeah, it was remade, and it's now sitting in a, a well, the they, same park in Chicago. But they made they remade it, but it's different. Oh. It's not the same anymore. It's totally different. So here's the thing: well, if you're they, gonna, how they fuck that up? Well, they didn't fuck it up. It's done purposely, obviously. The first it one transformed like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Basically, yeah, it's yeah, it's got that's not. That's not the original one. Looking at the new one, the bronze statue. The original one was gilded. The original statue was gilded. They say it was gold-plated. Now, you're building a temporary structure. All this stuff is temporary. You build this huge 65-foot-tall statue that's gold-plated. Temporary statue. Gold-plated temporary statue. So is the gold-plated statue of Athena in the Parthenon Nashville temporary as well right right no right none of this stuff none of this stuff is gold none of this stuff is temporary so the fires the fires burned it down you know and the fires came and it burned the whole thing down right that's the story and the um there was more than one fire i mean there was there were several fires um there was a fire in january 1894 the statue of the republic was still up um but apparently, okay, so the first fire, so the first fire, there's, there's several fires. It's strange how there's so many fires in Chicago. Um, you know what I forgot about? The the Congress, the Congresses. Did you guys, did you guys read about those Congresses that they had at these World's Fairs? Not only were they giving us hot dogs and new culture about blacks and, and uh, Southeast Asians, but they were also giving us um, Congresses on everything from economics to politics to religion. There's these lectures that would have seat like four or five thousand people at a time, right? And they'd have them several times a day, and they'd run for like two weeks or whatnot. Uh, the one that really struck me as interesting, interesting, was the Parliament of the World's Religions. It was the first time the Americans were exposed to any outside religions like Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism, Islam. Uh, interesting, you know. Uh, you know what? You know what religion was absent. Scientology, Judaism, Judaism, Baha'i. Yeah, uh, it was, and that ran from nine eleven to nine twenty seven. Wow, interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Then the Parliament of the World's Religion opened on nine eleven. Oh, speaking of opening, speaking of opening, do you know what they opened the World's Fair with? Uh, crashing planes into two towers. No, it's the world. World's fair, Chicago, buddy. R- wrong city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what they opened no, it with? They did demo the entire thing. So yeah, I'm gonna get back to that in a second. But they opened. Yeah, this is the thing I asked. You know how they they gave us. Okay, so they gave us um, all these lectures. They gave us uh, different religions. They gave us the different you know narratives on the different countries and you know the hot dog and ketchup and French fries and whatnot. You know what else they gave us at the World's Fair? Think America. 
Oh, uh, the national anthem. Uh, no, the Pledge of Allegiance. The Pledge of Allegiance was invented specifically for the opening of the World's Fair. You oh. would think that this country, who's been a country since 1776, right, who's had a flag since 1776, that they would have had this Pledge of Allegiance to this flag much, much earlier than um, 1892. Instead, this sounds like Pledge of Allegiance to the narrative. Right. Over 120 right. years later. Eight, well, eight, well, yeah. Yeah. Almost 120 years later. Does that make any sense, though? Does that make any sense that they would, that's when the Pledge of Allegiance would have been? I mean, yes, because of course it was because of this Judeo Masonic strip mall that we live in now. But uh, like looking back, does that make any sense? No. No. None of it, it makes doesn't. any sense. No. So. The, the problem with this, and this is where, you know, the schizo, I mean, it's already sounded schizo from like right after I said what's happening, everybody, is that this kind of stuff makes you completely question history completely, completely. Amazing. Unless, unless you just don't, you're just like, you're just like, yeah, nah, I don't believe it. And like I've said many times before, you have to root yourself in some kind of faith, some kind of line in the sand. In my opinion, it's the bible it's christianity i will root myself there um but you got to root yourself somewhere and go from that point because the rest of history is suspect Mm -hmm. yes but you have to have some kind of faith there that well i mean obviously the things are there something built them they're there for a reason like you know all this stuff is there like it's not it happened yeah and that's yeah that's the stuff happened like you know but in my opinion like Anything told to us from like the the late 1800s on is absolutely suspect. You know, the ancient stuff, I, like the ancient stuff, sure, maybe, but that's the thing is maybe it's not so ancient is what we're finding out. Right. And that's, well, well that's the problem McCoskey has, McCoskey has with a lot of people, um, especially Flamenco, because Flamenco ties into a lot of this because that's where uh, the edition of a thousand years and the um, going through Scaliger's, you know, narrative history and all that. Um, but you're still assuming that everything is, even Flamenco is assuming everything is ancient, you know? And right. What if everything isn't ancient? It was just maybe 150, 175 years ago. Like the whole thing could have been not that long ago. The ancient world could not, could have been not that ancient. Well, yeah, I I think that, well, as far as Christianity goes, from my perspective, that is called being a preterist in certain aspects uh, mm-hmm. where you believe that, you know, the thousand year reign of Christ already happened and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't believe anything close to that. I think that's wrong. But everything else, the surrounding civilization is probably m- far more recent than we understand. We we understand that Egyptian history is Far or far more recent, at least a few centuries more mm, recent, definitely in the quote ancient world than we understand. Which is um, which is funny. We do an episode on that soon. Well, I was gonna say which it is funny world. because when we did the Sphinx episode, we talked about how it's far older than what we've been told, and that's now. Yeah, there are findings in Egypt that could have been far before, but sure, you have you know the the pre flood post flood world. Are those societies going to be that different if people still have those memories? Right. Or if somebody else still comes down and gives them that knowledge. 
but that's an entirely different episode. So <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. But um, uh, no, but that's what happens with this stuff with history, man. That's what something that. That's what happens when you get into this kind of history. Revisionism, yeah. a completely different kind of revisionism. And again, you know, we can't prove a lot of it because, uh, well, well, you know, a few years ago in the 60s and the 70s and the 50s, 60s and 70s, you could have interviewed somebody that possibly could have worked at the World's Fair or built the World's Fair or done, you know what I mean? You uh, Just yeah. 40, 50 years ago, you could have interviewed somebody. Now, all those people are dead. You know, um, my my aunt, uh, who's only a few older, few years older than my mother, went to World's Fairs in the 50s, 60s and 70s. No, I'm not talking about 50s, uh, 60s and 70s. I'm talking about in the 50s, 60s and 70s. You could have interviewed somebody who built the Chicago's World Fair in 1892. Well, that that was my grandmother and her mother uh, who did visit World's Fairs. Ah, okay. and I wish I could have talked to them. Ah, I right. Wish, so. Uh, but what I'm saying is now, so. now we have to go on. We don't have, we don't have, you know, firsthand testimony. And that's the funny thing is that there really isn't any testimony. There's no, right. there's not a lot of firsthand, you know, stories about from the construction workers. There's, there's not a lot of narrative about that. It's just, just get Bancroft's, you know, the book of the fair. And then you get everybody who's written about it bases all of their knowledge off of Bancroft's, the book of the fair. Which is very, so very clever. Very clever. A question for both of you: What's what do you think is more, not more damaging, but more difficult uh, to believe that history is just blanket fake, or to believe that things are far more recent than we believe? Because both come with their challenges, like immense challenges. Sure. Um, I, mean, I have it, no way. Go ahead. I have no way of verifying one way or the other like whether things are more recent or not. And with the more and more I look into some of these items that are supposed to be accepted history, and then I I start examining some of these official narratives, a lot of it just seems so full of shit. So it's like, it's, it's especially when it comes to these, when it comes to these world's fairs and expositions, so much of it is full of shit. I don't believe that they built a temporary Parthenon in Nashville. I don't believe that Omaha whipped up a shitload of fucking uh, Roman buildings for for a fair that two million people went to in no in Omaha, Nebraska, in like okay? eighteen seventy nine. Right. Yeah. And then like the 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 kicker for me will always be the panoramic photograph of San Francisco. The, the old pan, pan, panoramic photograph of San Francisco because and, and there was one thing that uh, was brought up in uh, an interview that I listened to is if you look really close in some of the photograph, there are no posts for horses. That's how everybody got around mm-hmm. in the time period. Mm-hmm. But there's literally no posts for horses. Also, in the panoramic photograph of San Francisco, there's no people. There's nothing. There, there's literally there's, nobody. Middle of the day, city of a million people, not a single person in sight in that entire panoramic shot. And, and if they were moving, they, there would be blurs. Right. There are no blurs. Well, speaking it of is blurs. Just desolate. Speaking of blurs, in the, the World's Fair photographs, inside, 
inside one of the construction photos. Um, it's where is it? There it is. It says the interior of the mines and mining building shows the structures steel trusses. Steel trusses again, by the way, guys. Um, the the ghostly image of the workers left, and they have to just tell you where to look because the whole picture is in focus except for this ghostly image of a dude bending over and a guy standing behind him. So they're like farting around pretending to be gay, you know, like two construction workers normally would or something, you know, but they're, but they're like, everything is completely in focus. And these two guys, you can see through them. They're like a ghostly image, right? It's Photoshopped. This is Photoshopped in. And the other thing I was going to say about these construction pictures is why these things look photoshopped is all these, these pictures of the trusses, um, you know, the framework, the steel skeletal framework, they keep telling on themselves. Didn't they just tell us the whole thing was made out of wooden plaster or is it made out of steel? Um, but those pictures of the steel framework and all the framework pictures and whatever, they look like close up pictures of miniatures. That is something that, a lot of people haven't I don't I don't think I've heard too many people mention um, is that a lot of this stuff looks like they could be miniatures like the construction pictures a lot of them yeah like I, like I said on the last episode on the, the nationalistic wire uh, Peter Jackson was a master of miniature filmmaking that is not a new science at all right uh, miniatures I mean it's not just for Warhammer bros that has been used for a very, very long time in by filmmaking. Architects. By, by architects. Ar- yes. By architects. 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 It's part of what they do. If you go design. right, it's if you go to any architectural firm and you walk inside of any 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 city planning office, you will find little mini sections of every park in your city well, and every well, building. So every bo- the the Epcot Ball was the first ever uh, computer designed building. All right, so when that was designed, and that I believe was in the 70s, yeah, it was in the 70s that it was designed, was the first one ever designed fully on a computer. Before that, everything was miniatures. Everything was drawings, miniatures. When they had early computers that were given to them by the military, sure, they used those. Right. But what do you think? What do you think the Death Star was? Like everything, everything's, I mean, I wouldn't just go to bed to movies and stuff, but all the original Star Wars movies. Like, you know, that was all, that was all miniatures, everything miniatures. I mean, what's the difference at this point? Right. Right. It's all movie magic. Right. It's all movie it's, magic. All this stuff. Me, this is original movie magic. This is all fucking movie magic. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to call these photographs and I'm looking through these pictures and I mean, like every single one of these pictures looks like a composite it's like part of a humiliation ritual to call this the official historic photos of the chicago world's fair the official book and the pictures are all like composites and photoshops and some of them are drawings like you know like literally like there are pencil drawings on photographs some of these things are composites where like they took an architect and somebody sketched in some stuff on a picture so that's why we believe the official narrative for the world's fairs is bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you, DV, for backing me up there. <laughs> You're welcome. 
But am I, I mean, did I miss anything on that? Like besides the fact that like they're, you know, they, it, it's humiliation to expect us to believe this narrative. Well, it's, it's, it's expecting us to believe all the different narratives for a lot of these things mm. that, uh, that we just accept as general, as a, uh, general monuments and general uh, classical buildings and stuff like that. And I, I know a lot of deeper research needs to be done as far as, you know, with some of the specifics with the construction and stuff like that. But what's very, what's very telling is how little information on some of that stuff is actually available to mm-hmm. the general public. Now, for instance, that, that wooden Nichols guy had to, had, uh, you know, he, he uh, emailed, he emailed uh, the New York uh, Historical Society, and they gave him some links to some construction photos of the Singer Tower. Right. 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 And, and so that one was obvious that there was actual work done that the Singer Tower like was actually built but with scaffolding and, and the, the techniques of the time period, right? But still, the other stuff, like, it just doesn't exist. Like, th- there... The the, constru- the construction photos of this main uh, what is this main building uh, in the harbor, uh, the canal of the the Chicago World's Fair. There's the uh, agricultural building or the government building. Which one? The one with the dome or the big flat one? The big flat one. That's the uh, that's the agricultural building. There is nothing that shows the columns going up. The the. The, the, the hundreds of the, columns the, going up, the arches, all, all the hundreds of arches going up, and, and you know, like there's there's nothing that shows that it would be such a long, drawn out logistical process to get all the materials necessary uh, marshaled in order to put this thing up, and there's nothing that shows anything like that. Well, you would think you think of such a proud achievement. That they would have yes. this thing, they would have photographs of this thing in stages. Right. right? Yes. But the right. most that we right. get, the most Dude. that we fucking get is some scaffolding around the margin. Dude, there is yes. a, You're a right. the steel mill that I worked on last year, there is a video I can, you can look at online and it's like five minute video and it's a condensed time lapse of it from start to finish. And it's maybe it's maybe it's like eight minutes, but it's amazing, right? To watch it go from, you know, where there was where there was trees, where they cut the trees down, blah blah, blah and they put in, you know, and now it's a steel mill, like from beginning to end, and it's an eight minute video. Like you can stop it along the way and see the progress. And there's in any picture you can see, you know, hundreds and hundreds of workers stuff going on. Every single one of these construction photos, just not a single worker. Here's the, here's the thing that nobody asks. Well, actually, that Mikoski asks, and a couple other people may have, but. uh Where's all the bathrooms for all these workers in these construction pictures? Where's all the coffee cups being, you know, thrown on the floor? Where's, uh, where's the, the, well, the bathrooms for one, man, you're going to have, you know, 20,000 workers. You got to have 10,000 bathrooms, you know, and there are 7,000 bathrooms where, at least. Right. Where's where all the, the tents cleaning everything up? Right. Where's the people where cleaning the everything? Right. Of, where, where are these the tents of people providing food right. for the workers? Because they're, they're, they can't just it, – this isn't like today where, oh, oh, you got an hour lunch break. You can get in your car and you can go to Popeye's Chicken and get yourself some poison. No, like – Or the, the food truck. Or, yeah. Like this, or the lunch wagon yeah, would come you, by and you can yeah. get food or whatever. Yeah. No, none of that. You've got actual – you've got actual like venison. You've got you know meat. You've got vegetables, things that have to be farmed or hunted. 
Oh, in that area? Yeah. I'm like, what, venison? Oh, yeah. No, at the time. Right. But this place, right? This First of all, first of all, you got these people digging this place out of a swamp. Okay. So where's, you know, where are these people staying? This is a swamp. Were they being carted back and forth every day into there from some sort of dormitory facility? Like, were these people coming from their houses? Like, you know, and again, again, this is coming from a city that had just 20 years ago burned to the ground completely. You know, and meanwhile, while all this construction is going on uh, for the two universities that are going on in the city and the rest of the buildings that are constructing Chicago as we know it today, um, they're also, you know, 20,000 people building this. So you have all kinds. You probably have 100,000 construction workers doing work in Chicago at the time. Right. I mean, but that- apparently all these hotels went up. Not long before the World's Fair itself. What hotels? And you have hotels in Chicago that were built during the World's Fair. Oh, right. Oh, oh, the big crazy hotels. these people traveling it. Right, 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 right. I'm like, the hotels, yes. No, I'm sorry, yes. Not to mention the murder hotel. Well, yeah, the murder hotel. That's another episode. But that's, that's, yeah. (laughs) There's so much to this. And it's, none of it makes any sense. So. It's not that none of this matters. Is that none of this makes any sense. Right. And it does it does matter in as much as how much do you like being lied to? All of this matters. Right. How much how, that's when how is some how is the foundational lies that you've been told about history over the course of time built on something that they said is so temporary and so easily disposable. Mm-hmm. How can you right. look at how can you look at these photographs and say, "Yeah, I could totally see knocking that down and after a year of use." Right. Well, that's you the know, thing oh, is yeah, most like, how can you look at these things and go, "Yeah, that makes sense. Plaster. Just fancy plaster. That's well, what they had." Think think about this. When when uh when a country gets an an Olympics or uh, a World Cup or something, right? They build the new stadium and the and the training facilities that go along with it, and all the all the um, you know all all the uh, retail and other stuff that goes along with it, and housing that goes along with it, right? Uh, when the Olympics are over, they don't they don't blow it up, right, and put it in a landfill. It's it becomes like the national stadium, and like people live there, you know, you know and people do stuff there. It's yeah, these World Fairs were built in an amazing amount of time, and then they were just destroyed at the end. Like the Chicago World's Fair was burned down by several fires. Like I said, the first fire was started in the cold storage. Funny story. In the cold storage, burned down. Ha ha. Got you again with the fucking narrative that don't make any sense. Like Bessie. Yeah, Bessie. To think. Yeah. Uh, but they, you know they didn't. They didn't burn down the other ones like the uh, Omaha and uh, St. Louis. I'm sorry, St. Louis and San Francisco. They just blew those up with dynamite. They literally blew them up with dynamite and put them in landfills. Instead of converting these things into you know the most beautiful cityscapes and structures that your city that had just recently burned down, you know would 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 probably like to have. No, no, no. We're just gonna burn them down. We're gonna burn them down. You know what they said. Well, the Chicago, the the last people that were leaving, it's kind of odd, right? Like, you know, um, let me just read this part. Uh, what the Chicago Tribune wrote about the uh, about the Chicago, the World's Fair, and we'll, we'll close with this before we get. We're already at like two and a half hours. People are going to be like, "This is a long one." Um, 
the Chicago Tribune wrote, trains were loaded down with throngs of excited people on their way to witness the great conflagration, conflagration, excuse me. They're talking about the fire. Uh, They poured through the gate of the park as rapidly as the guards permit. And after all, only a small proportion of those who applied were admitted. Nevertheless, the grounds of the neighborhood of the fire was thronged with people, but they were people of though better class. Their behavior was perfect. There was no noise, no tumult, no disorder, no disturbance of property. Everything was quiet and solemn and decorous. Every person's judgment to be that of the destruction of the buildings by fire was the best possible solution of the question of what was to be done with them. Long before the climax was reached, thousands of people had walked back home. At the very moment, the manufacturer's building had caught thousands of people without the least excitement were leaving the grounds for home. Sounds like a very odd way, right? To like present the destruction of probably the greatest set of structures in modern history, right? One of the lines, one of the lines, people said, wasn't it grand? What a glorious sight, a magnificent spectacle, a noble end were the benedictions pronounced by the people as they left the grounds. Really? That's what people said? That sounds kind of odd to me. Like people went there to watch it burn down and nobody was like, holy shit. No, everybody was like, wow, wow. How noble, how grand. How grand. Mm-hmm. A fitting end. Fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, check us out on Telegram. Uh, we are at the Paranormies Present on Reinhardt and Dogbot. You guys got telegrams. Uh, yeah, mine is t.me slash Nephilim Hour. Uh, mine is Chupacabra, Ken- Chupacabra underscore Kennel. Yes. And Jack's is Jack's Internal Shitposts. Um, and also the Necronormicon. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get out of here. Uh, we got a pasta for you. Um, did I miss anything? You forget anything? Don't think so. All right. Oh. Uh, we're going to be doing a uh, music episode with Astro soon about spoopiness having to do with Trent Reznor and hmm. Nine Inch Nails. Uh, I specifically will be talking about the album Year Zero, which talks about an alien invasion coming to uh, fix everything. Interesting. The, on the planet. Interesting. Project Bluebeam, maybe. Oh, cool. Yes. We'll do some Trent Reznor spoop. We did Marilyn Manson. Why not? We'll do all the 90s icons. We'll end up doing Tool eventually, I'll bet you. No. Yep. Probably. Probably. All right. We're going to get out of here. There's a lot of weird Maynard stuff. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of weird, weird Maynard stuff. But yeah, we don't, we're not going to, I don't know. Maybe. There's a lot of I other spoop coming. So, well, there's a lot more spoop coming. And it's not just this kind of stuff. Uh, this is, I don't know, what would you consider this in like the history, conspiratorial history? Sort of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I call it spook, but, you know, it is It is kind of scary, but. That's just me. But yeah, it's scary to find out that like, you know, everything you've been taught was made up by a group of people we call the controllers. Probably Jews. Yes. Yeah. We will have some <laughs> uh, overarching series as well coming with some actual spoopy apocalyptic stuff too. Yeah. So, a lot of good things. All right. We're out of here. We'll see you all later. Time travel makes you gay. You don't die from driving fast or falling from a plane. It's the sudden stop that will get you. Your brain mashing in your skull as your bones and skin fail to cushion the rest of the vital organs. For a moment in time, the human body can be nothing more than a glorified water balloon. 
The amazing thing is, people have been known to survive such falls. Only if they can remain relaxed and not tense up. Sure, you'll get a broken bone or a concussion, but literally rolling with the punches can save a life. So I had to ask myself, can you be any more relaxed than when you're asleep? I decided to find out. The first few candidates' dosages were too low, and they woke up a bit before I was ready. They failed to relax on their glorious falls. Of the next four, one managed to survive. The sound of his cries could be heard almost immediately after impact. Unfortunately, I couldn't tell if it was due to the bodies accumulating on the rocks below. So after I disposed of the failed subjects, I dropped him again. He didn't quite survive that one to my dismay. Luckily, there are so many candidates, so many heavy sleepers, no one to tell me to stop.